Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 203 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. Oh, yeah. I like the little space there. Yeah, I think Dude, we're going to I got a little be, extra energy. I was going to say, I think we're going to both have a lot of energy because for me... Today's just been a good, relaxing day. I, I worked a little late into last night doing the uh, a video on a topic we'll be talking about, the KOTOR movie trilogy. So today I didn't have to get up and make a video, so I was like, oh, all right, right. I'm just chilling today. So I have like a lot of extra energy, and you're going to have a lot of extra energy because you're, sadly, three, <laughs> yeah, three <laughs> hours of podcast weren't done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to have a lot more here. Uh, we're excited to be here. We're not doing this show live this uh, week either because what I wanted to do is I missed two streams earlier in the week. Um, I did not plan on doing Wednesday anyway, but I was planning Thursday. I couldn't get around to that. Some stuff came up, so I'm streaming this whole weekend. Uh, we're playing Observation on Friday. Uh, Saturday, I'm thinking I'm going to just figure it out as I go. That's the thing. I might feel like Rage. I might feel like Fallout 4 Road to Platinum. We'll see, but anyway, uh, it's going to be a stream-filled weekend. Carrick, any little projects or big coming your way soon uh, i'm doing a void bastards review i'm trying to get a copy of the game by the people who did dreamfall chapters um it's called like uh uh drugan druger drugan and it's a uh, it's a first person like um uh a, a murder mystery okay so like i'm trying mysteries. to do that yeah, so do I. And it's like observation, by the way. It's that kind of setup where okay. you're pushing, you know, like what you, some people call them walking simulators. I don't think observation is that. Right. There's enough puzzles. This one I'm hoping. And then um, there's another game, Wild Outer Wilds. I got a oh, code yeah. for Outer Wilds. I, I saw that because I thought Outer it's... Outer Worlds? Yeah, it's Outer Wilds because I thought it said Outer Worlds because it said it's down Epic yeah. exclusive despite saying Trust it was me. going to Steam. <laughs> and I was like... Wait, wasn't this a thing like two and a half, three months ago? And then I clicked right. on it and I was like, oh, wild. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, it's confused me all week. But yeah. So I'll try, I'm going to try to cover all three of those in some way. All right. Awesome. Yeah. For me, uh, I guess it's just sporadic news coverage up until E3 where uh, we'll be glued to the streaming station and, and doing a lot of coverage that way. But um, anyway, for those of you who want to go the extra mile, you want to support the show, um, we're going to go ahead and promote a ton of stuff right now. So, uh, we, we got a complaint last week that we promoted too much. So, uh, we're going to do it again, but there's always timestamps. So keep that in mind. Um, anyway, Carrick and I both have a Patreon, uh, for me, if you support it at just the dollar tier, you get this show early ad free. Um, I actually found out and I announced this at the end of last show. Uh, I want to make it clear now that if you are a patron, uh, I'm no longer using the SoundCloud link because Patreon allows you to directly upload audio onto their site now. So if you have the Patreon app, you can listen on the go, which I, I do with, uh, for example, Colin's Last Stand. I listen to his show quite a bit, and he uploads directly through audio. And I was like, that's 
that's amazing. Why didn't I know about this? So um, that's a little convenience factor now. Uh, if you do support on Patreon, you can listen on the go easily there, ad-free. Uh, if you don't want to support, that's fine. Um, there's still iTunes, Google Play, and I believe we should be on Spotify. Someone had contacted me, uh, one, one listener had contacted me, I think last week saying that they didn't see anything, but I think that's because I forgot to upload the latest episode. So something may have messed up there. But anyway, we're available on a ton of platforms. Uh, If you do want to support it, some higher tiers, uh, there's the Discord, which is a wonderful community. We've built a really good one there. Uh, Patreon-exclusive videos. I got some really funny shit playing with my girlfriend, so that's going to be mad fun. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what's going on on my end. What about you, my friend? Same thing for uh, thing, same thing for patron. We're doing some special stuff called Tales from the Discord because our vote, our voice chat goes nuts sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I've been testing out by tweeting out we, random shit we've like I've overheard while listening in on the voice chat. Right. And uh, we're trying to get an animator to like do a you know forty five second slots where it's just like <laughs> Tales from the Tales from the D- Discord and this crazy shit that some people say. Um, but yeah, same thing. People can, if they are patrons, they can get, uh, into the discord, do that, do all the kinds of crazy stuff, some mm. merch shit like that. Awesome. Yeah. I want to try that. I saw you were doing like, uh, you know, little giveaways for the higher tier patrons. I think it was like, yeah, I stuff. do shirts. Yeah. And I want to try doing that now. Cause I thought that would be, that'd be neat, you know, to, to surprise them with stuff like that, because I, I think it would let me get into contact with some businesses and, and get something done that way. Yeah, so for sure. I'm going to, I'm going to look into that Avenue. So for you higher tier patrons, thank you for your support. And I'll find a way to thank you soon. Anyway, we have a loaded news week, so let's get straight into it. We're going to talk about call of duty first. So this was an interesting story that actually broke today, Friday, as we record this podcast, uh, the following information comes from Jason Schreier, Jason, I said, Jason Schreier's Kotaku, and the title is, The Next Call of Duty is Called Modern Warfare. Yep, really. Um, so, it goes on to say, news of this year's strangely named Call of Duty leaked out via YouTuber Long Sensation this morning. Activision had been showing the game to press and influencers, YouTubers and streamers, for a week or two now. So, a leak was like this was inevitable, and obviously, it's it's like Assassin's Creed. It always leaks, I'd imagine, intentionally almost, because it creates discussion early uh, and, and works in the game's favor. Kotaku has not seen the game or agreed to any, embar- any embargo, but we've heard from many sources connected to uh, Call of Duty that it is indeed Call of Duty Modern Warfare and that it is a soft reboot of the first one developed by Infinity Ward for release this fall. It'll be heavy, untroubling, realistic, emotional moments, very much inspired by the controversial No Russian campaign in Modern Warfare 2 that allowed players to gun down civilians. Kotaku also broke the news on Saturday that Activision's mega popular military shooter series has been in flux with Black Ops Studio Treyarch taking over lead development of Call of Duty 2020 from Sledgehammer and Raven. So, uh, a lot of Call of Duty news, um, and you and I, we like enjoy this series on and off, I'd say. And I I, I feel like most people find themselves in that camp. Just some resonate better with others, and it's kind of a feel thing, and it's a universe thing. What... What do you take on, A, their campaign stance where they want to make it more emotional uh, and uh, honestly more troubling, more controversial, but also soft rebooting? Um, I thought this was kind of strange because you, like everyone's been saying, it's a titling thing. I, I don't think it's going to be confusing like everyone else is saying because you have Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare Remastered, and then you're going to have Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And I don't think there's going to be a mistake on any of those just based off promotion 
what's on TV yeah. as of recently, and there are employees there to help make sure you don't purchase the wrong thing. But anyway, um, where do you stand on on a soft reboot of Call of Duty Modern Warfare? I mean, I'm always I, I always give the Call of Duty games a, a fair shot, mm-hmm. always, just because. Like you said, I, there'll be one where I'm like, I won't, I probably won't like this, and that'll be the one I like. What World at War was one of my favorite ones of all time. Was not expecting to like it, loved it. So to me, I'll, I'll just jump into it. I don't really know about the, the soft reboot. I don't care about the name. Like whatever they're they're doing that. What it what does interest me is the idea of like more. I mean, focusing around that particular mission, that's a little problematic. Only because my personal belief is is that. Well, it says inspired Most, by, not like inspired fo- by. Yeah, not focused. Sorry, on. I meant focused around the emo- that kind of emotion. Okay, the, the troubling. Um, the only thing that that you're it's already pretty troubling when you're gunning down 150,000 people per level, right? Right. That game had to make it more troubling by doing that particular thing in that game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if an entire game where they try to hit this high level would actually be numbing because I don't know about you. There have been games where you kill so many bad guys in a game where you get numb. You're just like, this it's, is not... Yeah, your brain's off. Your brain's off. Uh, Mortal Kombat's a good example. 11, when I first played it, saw the fatalities, I was like, what the fuck? What? Yeah, ah. you eventually like, they get look. used to it. But eventually you're just like, yeah, okay. And you're skipping them someday. You're just like, yeah, I don't, you're not even paying attention anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only thing. I would rather have them just focus on a good game and, like, I don't really know what they even mean and why they're bringing it up now. It's like, right. we're going to... You know, we're going to do this. I'm totally fine with it, by the way. It's just yeah. that, that that's not what attracts me to those games. Never has. It probably never will be unless somehow they nail it this time. Right. You know, and then you look at Call of Duty for your emotional story, which I don't think any of us have ever woke up and said yeah. that sentence out loud. Yeah, I, I sit in a, a camp of... I thought of Spec Ops The Line when I heard that and how they kind of took that you're not thinking, you're shooting, where you're in the AC-130, yeah. we won't spoil too much, and and they sort of flipped it on its head and you're like, oh, fuck, I thought I was just doing some mindless shooting and this turned into so much more. And it was a game that hit you much harder than expected. Now, for us who are paying close attention, we'll, we'll know what they're gunning for now. This is their vision, apparently, that they want to yeah. have a more troubling story. But I think what we're going to see is the folks who decide to play a Call of Duty campaign might end up having that Spec Ops The Line-esque experience where you're like, oh, shit, that was much more than I expected. I also thought to myself that there have been Call of Duty stories I liked, uh, such as Black Ops 2. That's that's easily my favorite one because I liked how they added choice throughout, uh, customizing loadouts, um, the way they actually handled certain missions where um, there were those times where you were doing a ton of shooting, but I thought that they slowed it down at times where... There was one mission where you, you had to, like, shoot someone with a sniper rifle, and it, pretty much you got, like, tricked or something like that. And uh, it was one of those high moments of the story, but it, it didn't involve a ton of shooting. So I feel like if they were to, you know, it's Modern Warfare, if they were to dial it back, take a more stealth approach where, you know, you're sort of picking enemies off of an open level. Obviously, knowing Call of Duty, they'll, they'll probably allow you to go guns blazing. But if they encourage more of a stealth environment where it's less shooting constantly, uh, maybe those moments can hit a bit harder. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know a bunch of people liked Spec Ops The Line, and so I can totally see them hoping for that. I just don't know if these developers are the right developers to try to do that. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So they may oh, aim yeah, for it. yeah, I get it. Right? 
Yeah, so it's like if I was trying to write your rom-com, I would fail. Even if I wanted to write your rom-com, I would not be the right person to, <laughs> a to ask to do your romantic comedy. I don't know if those guys are the right person, right people, but I, I celebrate, unlike most people where they get lodged in, they're like, how dare you? I'm exactly the opposite. I'm like, dare all you want. Yeah. T that's amazing. Like, go for it. Mm -hmm. I just don't know what it's what's going to come out of it. And so to me, that's actually exciting more than anything because it is exciting for somebody to try that, for them to say, and there was some infighting rumors, right, between the two devs that they replaced, from what yeah, I understand. Yeah, there was uh, apparently it was Sledgehammer leading it, and then Raven was supporting. And there was like some... Yeah, and now they're kind of playing second, third fiddle, and, and, and we got... Treyarch taking over because it, it was it was apparently just like a disaster from and from wasn't the only one. Lords of the Fallen had that this week too. I don't know. If oh you saw yeah, that. I did catch that. Yeah. I, I saw they switched yeah. developers, and that one really flew under the radar. And it, it did. And and when you read what they're saying to each other, you're like, damn, there's some hard hard ass feelings here. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like, I think so it this it's not way, the first time. Uh, Raven Software. If I'm them, I'm pissed because you know you're trying to probably crawl your way to making your own Call of Duty because they what did they make last? The last game they made, I think, was Singularity, and that was really good. I, I liked that game quite a bit. I only played it that once. That was many years ago too. Yeah, that was like I want to say it came out. Yeah, 2010 maybe. I don't know. I, oh, I before I even thought. Okay. Yeah, it was it was a while ago, and they've kind of been a support studio since then for Call of Duty, which is fine. But I think that you know this is their chance to maybe help make something right you know put their vision on it yeah and uh, I, yeah you're oh, right man june 2010 okay right. wow wow that yeah see that was so long ago so i i feel like they're probably the most upset of the bunch um sledgehammer you know they just made call of duty world war ii so they didn't get this one right i'm sure as creators it sucks to have that stripped away but yeah um I, I'm afraid you're going to see kind of an anthem situation there because think of how they have to fully produce a game now that is Black Ops 5 in that 18-month window, unless they were already in production of it. W and, working on something else. Yeah. And, oh, you, oh, you mean that, yeah, there were, this Call of Duty. Yeah you're, yeah, you're right. I did see some people talking about the short turnaround time. On the mm -hmm. other hand, how about this? What if they do do a short turnaround time, but they it is story where story doesn't require as much balance if you're doing cutscenes and those are longer. Mm -hmm. What if we do get a Call of Duty that maybe has a little bit longer cutscenes that make more sense, written well, um, but the gunplay parts still action-packed, but maybe there's maybe not a ton of them. You know, maybe it's like a seven, eight-hour game total, still going to be more in your Battlefield game with your four little fucking snippets, right? Yeah. And, and if it's good... And tells an enjoyable tale. The only question next is, will this have a multiplayer component? Because mm -hmm. my question is, how do you go up against your own other game? Do they go against Black Ops 4's multiplayer? Do we know? Mm -hmm. Is the idea that Call of Duty is going to have two versions of multiplayer? Because that's the big question. Because you've already got Call of Duty trying to eke it out on the, on the Battle Royale side. Mm -hmm. So is this game going to have multiplayer? That's a big question. Or would it go co-op? I what think if, it's just going to cut out the story, personally. Black Ops 5, I feel like that's the only way they could turn around and do a, a, a Call of Duty game and, and get away with it in two years. Let's just do multiplayer zombies, and if we can squeeze in Battle Royale. I think they're just going to take that same template they did for Black Ops 4 and just put it in 5, because if you do the story... But what story, about this there's... Call of Duty is what I'm saying. Oh, this will one, this Modern Call... Warfare. Yeah, oh, yeah I'm sorry, saying will sorry. Modern Warfare... No, that's all right. I'm saying will Modern Warfare have a multiplayer component? Because you're still technically going against... I think it will. You think it will? Yeah. It'll have, like... It has to. Isn't that... 
I mean, I agree, it has to. It's just weird that they're going to be going against themselves, technically. Aren't yeah. they? Yeah. In a, in a weird way? Well, the thing is that Infinity Ward, when you look at the whole situation, is now like Treyarch is getting thrown off schedule because they have to rush their next game pretty much. And now yeah. Sledgehammer and Raven Software are like, what the fuck's going on? Like, are they assisting? Or are they just starting over on a new Call of Duty? What's happening there? Uh, so Infinity Ward is still in that same cycle that Call of Duty's been in for a good amount of time now where there were like those three-year development cycles. So I feel they've had time to put together a multiplayer mode. I feel like if anything they remove, it might be the zombies or aliens in the Modern Warfare case. Uh, if they're trying to make a more grounded thing, then I would I would imagine it would sort of fire back against their vision a bit of trying to make a more grounded, serious shooter. Um, but they may have a vision for a story and a team uh, working on that. And then they'll have something completely separate when it comes to the multiplayer, which usually they do. But that's just my guess that if they're going to cut anything off, it's probably that zombies mode. Because while it's fun, I think maybe you take Battle Royale instead, maybe put more of a PUBG spin on it. It's a lot slower. You know, that can match the tone of the game that maybe they're reaching for there as well. It's just a thought. I don't think they're going to entirely change the vision of Call of Duty, but I would lo- I'm would. i happy to see they're willing to take a risk here. You yep. know, because that mission was pretty controversial. It made the news. You know, it, it was a big deal. And... Um, I think for that, I, I commend them for, for trying something that they may be risky. It kind of reminds me of, of how fans had initially received some of the storytelling in Mafia 3. You know, it was was pretty bold. And I thought some of the moments really paid off. because it, it Especially at the starting. Yeah. Especially. Mafia 3. Redonkulous good starting for, yeah. for a game. Uh, probably one of the better, better starties, starts of the... This generation. It just One of the gets... best uh, characters, too. What's his name? Um, Donovan? Or is no no I don't mean the main character I mean the side guy, oh, um, Donovan yeah 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 Donovan yeah yeah, yeah it's just that was a good starting for a yeah, game yeah absolutely I mean sadly the gameplay loop is what brought it down a little bit but and by the way ladies and gentlemen if you see that game on sale definitely uh, not a waste of your money solid game it, it's just a little disappointing in some parts yeah yeah and it had tech issues at the time which uh, many have been fixed mm-hmm. so it's yeah, yeah it's definitely probably worth fifteen dollar game. Anyway, Call of Duty is a changing. Uh, we'll see probably in a couple of weeks now what they're doing. And what's interesting is that Activision always does, if I remember correctly, when I used to pay very close attention to Call of Duty, I think they normally do the campaign gameplay reveal at E3. In E3, and then afterwards they have a. No, it might be they show off multiplayer first through influencers in May. And then they do the Call of Duty campaign gameplay in June at E3. I might have that mixed up. It might be in July they show the multiplayer. But I I always thought, since like MW3, they did multiplayer at an event first and then showed off the campaign. But we'll we'll see. Yeah, because you know what? Definitely. Because what happened with Infinite Warfare, remember they, they put out the trailer, they announced the game, influencers were talking about it, and then they got blasted because it looked too much like... Uh, what was the game? Infinite Warfare. Like Advanced Warfare. And then they did the campaign gameplay at PlayStation's conference. Gotcha. And, and they didn't show the title of the game till the end because everyone was like, oh, shit, it is Infinite Warfare. And that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to try it then because I thought that looked cool until I realized it was Infinite Warfare. Anyway, let's shift over to the next topic. Carrick, this one is specifically for you and I. This, this will likely be the... Uh, 
the main subject here. A new Star Wars-based movie series focusing on KOTOR, a trilogy, is coming our way. It's being written by... No one corrected me in the comments, so I may continue the butchering of her name, but Leita Caligridis might be it's saying... It's very difficult to, to say, that is for sure. Am I? Do you, do you know how to pronounce it? No, that's what's in my head. That's what's yeah. in my head is the same pronunciation. I'm not saying it's right, though. Yeah, because no one corrected me, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to keep rolling with it. Anyway, she worked on... Uh, she's writing, rather, the script... Uh, three sources close to the project told BuzzFeed News. Um, she worked on Avatar, not Avatar The Last Airbender, but but like James Cameron, Avatar, Shutter Island, as well as most recently Alita Battle Angel, which was really good. Um, we did learn through Kathleen Kennedy about a month ago at Star Wars Celebration that they were looking at something for KOTOR and they have no idea where things might fall. Uh, apparently, Caligridis is close to finishing the first script of a potential trilogy. Um, her representatives, Lucasfilm and Disney, did not respond to a request for a comment. And she was brought in at... Hold on, I'm getting the last piece of information here. She was brought in in spring 2018 to develop the property. So, Carrick, you and I love KOTOR. Favorite game of all time. I, I don't know about you, but I, I always dreamt up the, the return of KOTOR. You know, I'm sitting there in my chair, streams live, or watching E3, and then all of a sudden you hear, like, the the opening music. The da -na 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 -na, and you're like, oh, shit, I know that music. And then, like, it shows KOTOR remastered. That's how I envisioned the return of KOTOR. But now it's coming back in the form of a movie. And I personally feel they're not even going to touch the game. They're just going to dig into the universe. What do you think as a, yeah, as a diehard fan? Oh, same? All right. Same. Yeah, there's absolutely no – I had a long discussion in your Discord about I this. Saw. Cause, I saw. Yeah, and I was like, guys, I'm not trying to diss on it. I think it's great. I think it's amazing, and I, I want them to, to do that because my personal belief is when you look at Revenue, you look at those characters, they were developed for a game. They were developed for a game for you mm -hmm. to play them and see their turn, right? And then they built the world around it. But now you look at the older public, dude, there's thousands of years. Yeah. Like if you look at the timeline, thousands. If you if you play the game like you and I have hundreds of times, I'm sure I played it over a hundred times. It's oh, stupid. Same. And everyone, Freedom Nad, all these different characters that you read about are so interesting they could be their own entire series of movies or entire series of games. It's it's ripe for utter picking and my hope is that they go out and they the, the idea that this you know is the last of these later movies and then they're like old republic is the way we're moving forward there's mm -hmm. some crazy shit that they could do back then a lot of people don't even understand what old republic is because they're too young i said this in your discord i'm like guys a lot of people this game this movie would sell itself to right away are not they weren't even alive when kotor came out or they were so young they weren't playing those games so it's like this could allow them to do some crazy shit. There is so, so many cool events in Old Republic, far more, by the way, than the current time, right. like what they're covering in the movies. Do you think they're so going to take from, I can't wait. from original material? or I'm sorry, are they going to take from source material, or are they going to create something original? Because I, th I think they're going to take from source material to, to some extent. I, I think they will too, and one of your uh, Discord people did correct or, or did did input that they've 
taken some stuff from the game and said it's ca- canon, and then we know a little bit uh, uh, other That's things are so canon. confusing. <laughs> so it's a little confusing, but the thing is, if you take Revan and Malak as canon, right, mm-hmm. then you sort of have to take the second game and those Sith and Jedi as, as canon. That's fine. But they also tell stories and legends in those games. In those games, yeah. in fact, they are talking about guys prior Mm-hmm. So if they could look, there's all this shit they could take. It's a whole range. It's a whole range. And people just don't understand this is like one of the most vastly underused and underrated times. It's why so many people still play Knights of the Old Republic online. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I've been telling people. Because I, I always said... Narratively, it's fresh, man. There's yeah, a is. lot of stuff. It is. I, I always told people, I, I keep reiterating it because I have a lot of new viewers coming in that like KOTOR got me into Star Wars because it was very not Star Wars. It was... It was more right. medieval, almost. It was more yep. political. It, it was a lot yep. of conversation. It wasn't this, you know, flippy lightsaber action, which I like, but it's not why I love Star Wars. And and, and if you have the Knights of the Old Republic universe having a, a movie based on that, uh, I think it could be cool because I thought, for example, like Carthonassi, just one of the main characters in the game, like he has a very rich backstory of betrayal and, and revenge. Uh, hatred and, and it boils over into into the main plot, of course, and and um, things start to intertwine. Where I thought, like even a movie based on him, you could make it. If, yeah. if the old republic gets popular enough, you could start making like you know you saw Solo. Imagine this would be fucking crazy. They make a movie called Karth or Oh Nasty. That would be ridiculous. But I'm just, I'm being sarcastic. Point being though is that there's a lot from the game in general to explore. You know when you go to Korriban. Um, there, there's a bunch of Sith Lord tombs you have to explore. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. There's like the whole range right Each there. Each one of history. them has a different fucking Lord in there. Yeah. And, and tells a different story. Also, who's the guy in number two? I can't, not Karth. It's the other dude. Uh, and um, uh, who is reciting numbers in his brain. So Jed, I can't get in. Oh, um, uh, uh, might be Bayodur Atten. He, he's the flyer in number Atten. two. Atten. He's the, yeah. yeah, Atten. So, you, one thing people don't he's realize such a good character, bro. Holy he's shit. such a good character and one thing Man. people don't realize is when you look at Star Wars right now the the best way that they've been able to give some kind of danger to Jedi is to have stormtroopers with fucking stun batons right but it's always stormtroopers what people don't understand is in the old republic it was not only stormtroopers there were so many Jedi and Sith that normal people were protecting themselves with vibroblades or with mm-hmm. other things that could defend against those. And so you have this world where... It's almost yes, civilized. Exactly. And yes, there's Jedi, and yes, there's Sith, but there's also these pretty rich stories that don't require the heroes we expect. Yes, there's a Han Solo movie, but it's just based on the character we've already... Like, has sort of grown to be this huge thing, mm-hmm. Boba Fett. But if you look at Carthonassi, and if you look at Anton, you see these smaller characters that are actually just honestly way more interesting to me than Boba Fett. Like when oh, Anton, 100%. when he's like tr- tricking Jedi because he's fucking reciting numbers in his brain so they can't get in and they're like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? And there's all this little shit going on that is never covered in current Star Wars ever. Mm. And it, it, dude, there's in the technology, the mixture of what we consider older technology from the m- new movies, but still lightsabers and right. shit. Um, and then, you know, the Mandalorian Wars, but you also have a 5,000... I think I was looking at the timeline this morning. It's like, it's multiple thousands of years. I can't remember what it is, but it's like multiple thousands of years of timeline you could choose from. And to me, 
like you could cover stuff of why the Mandalorian Wars happened in the first place. You could, I mean, what's his name? Uh, the Mandalorian. Um, he's called the Mandalorian, but his his real name in the game. Um, uh, both. Uh, no. Wait. Um, the Mandalorian. Oh, in the in in Kotor. Yeah. Candarus. Uh, Candarus or Candarus. Yeah. So you have him, and he's got a. I love his his attitude. I yeah. fucking adore it, and. His military, you have, of course, you know, a, a, a fucking 47 who's out there calling everybody meatbags. You have all these cool things that have a spirit to them that just doesn't just doesn't really exist. It, it feels like... In, in current Star Wars. Almost the conversation we're having right now um, is something that probably Lucasfilm had because they realized it's such an open place to take inspiration from and create a new universe that people will love. Because let's say you have KOTOR 1 does well kotor 2 does well kotor 3 and then you make revan the movie you make yeah karth we'll yeah say, you can do movie. whatever you, you want make bastila the movie you make malik the movie right you know what i'm saying like there's just you could have that same template that they're doing right now for star wars and television and movies and carry that right over into knights of the old republic it makes sense i just find it strange that the way they want it to return is a movie which brings about the question do you think there's a game coming at some point. I feel we would have already known based off this report. I don't think it is, but it's obviously warranting we a discussion. Yeah, I feel it would have leaked. I think it would have leaked, and I think that most likely we're seeing the movie first because movies are still seeing success where Bioware in particular, who at the time is, is known, <laughs> is not. And I think it makes total success to, to plumb it a little bit and see what happens. People just don't realize, when you look at uh, Knights of the Old Republic, for instance, and you look at the stories they tell, the Every Sith not only tells stories about themselves and how they were created, they tell mm-hmm. stories about other Sith that created other Sith. There's stuff that Palpatine, he, he is everything in the new movies. He's even in the new movie laughing, we don't know why. Like, he, he's be, those characters have become so canon and so entrenched that there's no breaking away. Everybody has to be related to a Skywalker. And you're like, come on. In this in this world, that is not required. Could be the and refresher you can, the series in general needs. Dude, imagine a. I've said this hundreds of times. People always get mad at me, but I'm like, imagine a Star Wars movie, and Solo tried this, but without any lightsabers, without it just what's it like to live in the Star Wars universe as a, just like the game thirteen thirteen as a bounty hunter. What's it like when you do know that there's these cops mm-hmm. out there? You can call them that who may come to your house and may chop you in half with a lightsaber. There's Sith who are, you know, making these huge rules. There's the race of Sith, which a lot of people don't know that they started out as a race and not an actual, like, class against the Jedi. Right. So you have all these things. You have, also have a hol- the holocrons, which aren't really covered in the new movies at all, where in the past, whenever you're playing that game, there's a holocron every five minutes, and you have these weird Jedi you've never heard of, like, talking into these things. And you're like, Jesus, this is some creepy stuff, man. Like, mm-hmm. there's all these bad guys... And all this fresh narrative back then. And again, the technology, like I said, I just like it, man. It just, dude, it's way more interesting to me than... And I have nothing against the new movies. I just, I want this. You yeah. know, I, I, they also experimented with lightsaber technology, which we don't see in the new ones. Like, they had some crazy types of lightsabers and different weapons. And it's just going to... I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm stoked for it. Yeah, I'm excited at the premise of it. I guess what I feel is that part of the reason I fell in love with the old Republic universe is because in each rendition that we can get our hands on and experience, 
it's always been something you can sink your teeth into. And in yeah. a movie, you have to condense a lot of that to a two-hour experience, so to speak. Whereas Very much so. one, I was able to talk to everybody. I was able to sit in the Ebon Hawk, take my time, and chat up every one of my party members. KOTOR 2, I was able to not only chat them up, but based off my choices, watch how they react and how my party gets influenced, where you can turn literally everyone in KOTOR 2 in your party into a Jedi, which I thought was one of the coolest fucking features in the game. But it's also, you can turn them into Dark Jedis, if you want, yeah. and they and they go down their own evil path, and now you have this band of Sith pretty much with you. It is fucking ridiculous what you can do in that game, and it's why I, I say to this day that it's absolutely uh, better than the, the first one. But point being is that what makes those games so enriching is that ability to control your fate and interact with everyone at your will and dig in as deep as you want. And obviously that's the strength of video games in general, I'd say, is, is having that interaction um, and it could be like, we'll say, a Detective Pikachu. Have you seen that? Not yet. Okay, so pretty much based sort of loosely around the game that came on the DS. Um, similar in most areas, but but it does its own thing. And it has a lot of nods towards not only the game, of course, but it has plenty of cameos. I think they said someone, I think it was GameSpot, counted 90-plus Pokemon in the movie. Uh, and there, It's really cool just to see normal Pokemon intertwined with our life. They did a great job capturing that. And if they can capture that same essence, so to speak, in KOTOR, you know, showing life in Star Wars, like you were talking about, like a scoundrel, a lot more gritty. Like I described earlier, it's more of a Wild West type Star Wars where people are going to be carrying vibral blades. People are ready to defend themselves because it's not as civilized as a galaxy right now because it's in the early times. It's much different. If they can capture that... I think they might have a really special thing on their hands. I mean, they took Alita Battle Angel, a manga, and turned... Uh, sorry, the person working on this helped take Alita Battle Angel and turn it into a fantastic film that really captured the manga. Uh, a lot of people who read that were very satisfied with how the movie portrayed it. So I think it's in capable hands. I think if they capture that essence, that spirit, they can have something special. I just think they need to clearly build strong characters in a way that doesn't involve you having to sit down and have a long conversation with them, right? Because that's why KOTOR's characters were built so strongly. They knew you'd have to invest time in them. Yeah, I mean, it, the the only, the I guess that is the only thing is like, what who would they cover? What type of arc are they even trying to tell? Because that mm -hmm. is one positive about the current movies is the Luke Skywalker arc. So you're like, I know what this arc at least overall pertains to, and there's a prophecy. Right. There were multiple prophecies in the Old Republic as well, and different things said. It's funny, because I know you and I disagree. I'm not as uh, near as big of a fan of number two as one, but I also liked uh, Fallout 3 more than Vegas, which you liked more, both uh, Obsidian titles. No, I like, I, three, I like three more than... I like three. Oh, I'm, I apologize. Okay. No, you're good. Uh, so Just Obsidian have to put that out titles, there for the universe. <laughs> Obsidian title, titles are a little bit better at allowing choice, um, where yeah. I liked the Revan turn in one, so that caused me to like that one more. But mm -hmm. I think that that's all oh, they really need to do, is they need to identify like their crux and hopefully hold to it. Just be like, what story do we want to tell? Like, I was talking to a friend going, dude, all they need to do... Imagine the starting of the movie is you dropping in with the Mandalores because one of the things Ken Darius always talks about is dropping in on a battle mech and the fire burning around him is like yeah. they're entering like a meteorite. Yeah. And imagine just telling the story of a young hero, you know, or or something like, like that who's inducted in. Cool. Battle of Malachor. Um, and then once you identify, like, not only 
what what you liked in your movie, but what people are responding to, mm-hmm. then you can sort of adjust your movie and tell. They only they don't need to go balls out. That's the one thing I'm worried about is that they're going to try to replicate the Luke Skywalker thing. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I'm worried about. And and I guess that speaks more towards if they do, maybe Revan's the best bet because you do have a particular arc. I would rather have them not do that. I would rather engage in that universe from a different perspective. I don't know if that's what they'll do, but mm-hmm. that's the only thing I'm a little like a little tentative over. Because, dude, they told great stories in Knights of the Old Republic uh, online. I mean, remember yeah. when they said that was going to be seven KOTORs? And I was like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, I mean, I was legit like, you are a fucking, you are liars. And then when yeah. I played it, I'm like, all right, they're they're actually not really liars. Like, there's, maybe it's not seven of them. But there's enough stories in there. Even the trooper story was incredibly good in KOTOR or uh, Knights of the Old Republic Online. It's a so, game that's uh, a lot. It, it's yeah, it's a lot because what happens is I obviously I love the Old Republic universe, but given our position here in the industry, it's hard to stick with, for example, a, a title like an MMO for so long, which it demands yeah. out of you that it was so good, it was so enticing. I loved it. I was like. All right, I don't think I can play this anymore. I want to play yeah. it. I have it installed still. I'm looking at it right now on my desktop. I want to sign in. I want to play. I, I, I... still pay monthly, Maddie, and I don't even, I don't even <laughs> think I've played in like three months. <laughs> and that's the thing is I enjoy it, but oh my God, man, it, it is a time sink. Like, you know, because one story is, is fucking super long. It, it brings you to the level cap, I believe, which, you know, takes a yep. very extensive amount of investment. And by then you want to break away and then you go back to a new character. It's like... That's a lot for seven classes or whatever. That's that's insane, man. Yeah, it's insane amounts of yeah. content, story content in an MMO. Yeah, but that's the thing that that a lot they they I know that people said that's not canon. They've said it, but I don't necessarily believe what they mean is it's all not canon. I'm mm-hmm. assuming they'll probably go and look at what succeeded there too. Hopefully they do because there's some cool stories in Knights of Old Republic that I, I, I it'll be interesting. I would love to be in that office, like when everybody sits down and says, "All right, let's build." the universe that we're going to tell our movies in. Because that yeah. would be very cool. What are you picking and choosing from, you know, Malgus, you know, mm-hmm. which of the all these Sith are you going to grab? How are you going to do your timeline? It's going to be really fun. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see where the, what they choose to do because are they using the games as inspiration? Or are they going to use the comics as inspiration? Because the comics have explored the Old Republic way comics more. Comics have so. definitely explored it, yeah, so, for sure. And it, novels, tons of novels. That too, yeah, exactly. So where do they go? I mean, there's a lot of material. There's a lot of material, and a lot of it's like fan fiction almost because it's such like a forgotten part of Star Wars that, that yep. only the diehard fans work for it. So they have a lot of great stuff to pull from. So... Fingers crossed, man. I, I really hope it pans out. Uh, and I, I hope it pans out so we get excited. a game. Yeah, for sure. Right? And hopefully that's, that's EA's contract end, is expired game. by then. <laughs> so then we can get a KOTOR game without their fucking uh, grubby mitts Obsidian on it. Obsidian or something. Oh, God almighty. Oh, man. I would Remember, out. that was an Xbox exclusive, bro. Yeah, that's true. Imagine if Microsoft was like, hey, guess what? At one of their E3s and you hear mm-hmm. the music, you're like, oh, Jesus Game Pass, day one. Yeah. People would be like, what oh, the fuck? God almighty. <laughs> Don't tease me. Don't tease me. All right, we're moving on. We're moving on. Uh, let's talk about From Software. All right, so there was our first big E3 leak this week, and it is a cross-up that if you have not been paying attention to, will catch you off guard. So allow me to read the headline from GameSpot.com. George R.R. Martin, yes, author of Game of Thrones, producer of many shows, Teases new game that could be developed by From Software, developer of Dark Souls, Bloodborne, 
and Sekiro. So, here we go. Uh, oh, there's a correction to this story, too. So let's let's read that before we get into anything else. This story originally incorrectly stated that From Software's rumored title could be a Game of Thrones game. Martin himself has only confirmed that he did some consulting work with a developed game in Japan. What's more, the rumor is that Martin is working with From Software on a new video game project of some kind, but not necessarily a Game of Thrones game. GameSpot regrets this error. Okay, so now that that's out there, it is not a Game of Thrones game. But long story short... Spawnwave Media, former guest on our podcast. I've joined his. I believe Karaki's joined yours. Yep. And have you joined his? Uh, no. Okay, not yet. Okay, not yet. so we've all worked together. Great guy. Great channel. Great coverage. Had a kid last week. Still did daily videos. Up to date news. <laughs> Fucking psychopath. <laughs> anyway, he does great work. He broke this story originally, and pretty much he said that this was going to be an open world from software game. George R.R. Martin is helping write it, and that was the rumor, which was unconfirmed until we saw, of course, George R.R. Martin write in a blog post that he did um, did some consulting work on a video game from a studio in Japan, which connects some dots. Um, let's see, is there anything else? The game is said to be published by Bandai Namco, with a reveal at Microsoft's E3 2019 briefing planned for June. Uh, the game has reportedly been de- in development for three years, so it's pretty deep, and imagine it will probably come out next year. Uh, Gamatsu notes that it only confirmed this information with a single source, but decided to publish the story in light of Martin's blog post revealing a new game in development by a Japanese studio. Um, this From Software open world game will have horseback riding, and you will go to multiple, uh, where did it say? castles or not castles I'm, I'm not i can't think of the word right now because it's not in front of me you go to d- the bosses and and you get their abilities when you defeat them almost like a Mega Man title uh which i thought was the most appealing aspect so with all of that information out in the wild carrick are you excited about george rr R. martin teaming up with from software who's turning out games like a motherfucker by the way yeah, true. Uh, I think Sekiro's uh, narrative was a little bit more put together than the past ones. Mm-hmm. I so, watched a lot of that last night. My friend was share playing with me, so I, I was listening to some of the story, and it seemed more direct. More yeah, and, and that's most likely where I see him coming in, is to punch it up for English audiences, which makes sense, because sometimes... But the mystery works for a lot of people, too. See, that's the thing I'm always tentative about, is like... I, I names, know, yeah, I know. Y- you know, like from software, sometimes somebody will play Bloodborne and there's a mystery, but you don't know if it's a mystery or is it a translation thing? Like, are they, do they expect us to know this thing or this thing? And maybe that's what it is. So I wouldn't want, I don't know if I, you'd want them to punch it up too much, but if they're trying to go for a very European style medieval game, it, it could be cool. I, I personally am not a huge, fan, not a huge fan of him. Okay. So let's hear why. So, uh, <laughs> Just um, not lack of talent or anything. Just simply uh-huh. not a fan of his writing overall. It's a little. It's a little not my style. Um, so nothing against him at all. I know that mo- multiple people absolutely love his stuff and are really excited for it. Right. I'm excited for him to punch something up. But I also, I mean, I don't know if I want another from software exactly the same as the other games. Like, are we going to get a futuristic like the Surge? Are we going to get? A dark. I'm assuming it'll be a Dark Souls style, same same overall kind of thing. Has to be, yeah, more more medieval. Yeah, so it's like then I'm trying to figure out, you know, how are you gonna put it all together? I think for me overall, it's Cooley's doing it, um, mm-hmm. but that's about as far as I go for caring until I in 
you know, when they say it's not G- G- Game of Thrones, you immediately are like, oh, okay. And that's sort of where I, I am right now. they said, like, Seven Kingdoms. That's the thing. That's why I was like, that sounds like something that could be very Game of Thrones-esque. Seven Kingdoms, or... you defeat the boss, you get their ability. Oh, true. Yeah. Something true. along... Just a Bloodborne... Or Bloodborne. Uh, a From Software take on Game of Thrones, almost, is, yeah. is what it sounds like. Um, in a, a very different fashion. Um, you know, we were talking about storytelling a little bit and how people will, like dig items up and read their descriptions and kind of create theories and hope that FromSoft confirms them. And it reminded me of with Bloodborne, which I think this is developed, but I, I kind of looked it up just out of curiosity, the Beast Blood Pellet, where it said that if you were to consume it, it granted temporary beasthood. And people were like, wait, what? You can't turn into a beast in Bloodborne. And, and there was this whole debate originally. And I, I, I'm looking at the, the beasthood page right now, and it seems like it is a stat in Bloodborne. It determines your maximum physical damage multiplier when using the Beast Blood Pellet or the Beast Claw. So it is something, but it was like a—it was one of those things that fuels, I think, a lot of these games. And I wanted to bring it up as a as an example because so many people care about that aspect. You know, the the discovery of reading items and putting together the lore of the universe rather than FromSoft deliberately telling them about it. So. I wonder how how few people will react with with that line of storytelling being more more of a consistent thing in FromSoft games. Um, it, it reminded me of actually the the design of the title from what it sounds like because they mentioned horseback riding, Seven Kingdoms. I was like, that doesn't sound like a ton of boss fights, and it's in an open world. I almost thought of Shadow of the Colossus a little bit, like you have this central point and you you ride your horse out in these wide open lands, and and then the bosses are the the peak of the the game um it could also be seven kingdoms so seven kingdoms are in game of thrones but also how many kingdoms are in the um the uh the games the fucking where you're riding the horseback you can have all the different characters fighting each other um they just did total war yeah, Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, oh, really? I was being sarcastic. <laughs> no, no, that's what it reminds me of, because there's oh, wow. a certain number of kingdoms, in, and they always talk about them, the kingdoms that are in Dynasty Warriors, which is Asian-inspired, and I could see them you know, trying to... So I didn't... Fuck, I didn't even think of that, yeah. The, the actual backstory. I was thinking of the hack and slash action. I'm like, Carrick, what do you mean? But you know what? Yeah. That's a possibility. You know, maybe. And, and, I mean, and the narrative-wise, there's the multiple kingdoms there, so I was just like, is that what they mean? And they're, it's mm-hmm. going to be like Asian-inspired, like Sekiro, but more like the Chinese warlords, what have you. But uh, yeah, it, not knowing exactly what the gameplay will be, um, I would say overall, I would like, a, and I like Dark Souls games. Well, I've liked three and one. It wasn't mm-hmm. I think two was the one I wasn't a big fan of. Um, I would like to see them do a little something different. Sekiro was different, but it was way, way different, obviously. Mm-hmm. And Bloodborne, just the same. Bloodborne, I see Bloodborne and Sekiro like these side games, you know, in the Dark Souls in the right. center. Um, so with the next Dark Souls, you know, horseback riding could be great. Imagine, if, you know, that, that could be awesome to have some battles on horseback if they figure out horseback riding correctly. Like having your pole arms and shit and scooping up bad guys. I mean, you could do some crazy stuff. So that could definitely be cool. I would like to see him do something different. I don't yeah. know exactly what, but it, it seemed like Sekiro was a lot of verticality. Like they were trying mm-hmm. to build a taller world because you had the grappling hook that could zip you all over the map. So I think maybe they they could do cool horseback riding. I just thought to myself, in Sekiro, there was a lot of combat you could opt out of the way you traverse the level. 
if you right. took the rooftops um, and there were enemies below, they were just entirely avoidable. And it's not like you can't avoid enemies in previous FromSoft games. But I was also thinking if you're constantly on horseback to some extent, and maybe Riding the horseback, yeah, exactly. And maybe the horseback's yeah. designed to get you from point A to point B. And once you're at point B, it's like, let's say you get to the kingdom. The kingdom's an entire, an entire huge part of the game, and each kingdom's designed like that. But like, right. Once again, I'm thinking very much of Shadow of the Colossus. You got this central point, that little ruin that you stay in, and then the world kind of branches out from there. But think of that on a much grander scale, and almost like every. Each of the seven kingdoms are, are direct entrances into a much bigger part of the world. Right. It could be something along those lines. Um, but yeah, I, I was just thinking, okay, if if there is horseback riding, what what keeps you in that combat? What adds that challenge, that intensity? That's one thing I, I, I don't want to say I was concerned about because we haven't seen anything, but I I didn't get overhyped because I thought of that. Well, and let's be honest. like uh, uh, Sekiro is super fast because you could you know, jet around. Bloodborne was a little faster because you could run around a little faster. And then you have your Dark Souls, which are a little slower. So if you do get on a horse, it would be more towards the Sekiro faster side. And I don't know if I would want to be on a horse running past bad guys all the time. Mm-hmm. It w- that would not... It, it, that doesn't sound very fun. In It doesn't sound very fun when I think of Dark Souls games. See, that's another thing we're getting caught up on. They, they do a very particular style of game. And so when if I say I'm adding a horse to Call of Duty, you're going to think something completely different than if I say I'm adding a horse to Dark Souls. Right. right? It's a completely different gameplay ad. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know because they've never really had that kind of stuff in any of those games. And, in fact, any of the copies, have we? Surge didn't have anything. Any of the copy Dark Souls-style games, I don't think we've seen no, because what happens is that, right? you know, no matter how fast it got between, like, Sekiro and Bloodborne or how you slow it down and shield hug a it little was bit still Dark you. Souls, it was still you, right, exactly. Yeah. You were still in an area fighting enemies, and maybe we're thinking too narrow. Like, I think there is going to be a point True. you get off the horse and you enter a location, and it is like a typical FromSoft game where it's deliberately crafted areas, and I think it's just the, the horse is designed to get you to that. Point Dude, where... what if your horse is like the backpack in Outward, where the horse is the base? That'd because be cool. in in like Outward, your yeah, because in in Outward, your pack is your base, and your pack is everything. So when your pa- you even have to take it off during battle because you can't do rolls with the pack on. So you take it's an RPG, and you take the pack oh, yeah, off. Yeah, it's by that smaller and, studio, right? Yeah, and so I could see from software saying okay we're not going to have this place like Sekiro like Bloodborne where you go back home all the time right your home what if you're a wandering now I'm just going with it but what what if you're like a wandering Ronin you're on that horse that horse is everything you got to keep it alive maybe you got to do some stuff I wouldn't necessarily love that but like you said you have these seven kingdoms around it and maybe an open area in the center that you can do stuff in who knows but you ride the horse to it and that's sort of your home, your starting of the level, like you tie your horse's reins up to the side of a, you know, decrepit branch, and you go into your swamp level, and then maybe you come out. Maybe your horse can. I would love it if it, occasionally at a rescue, like you're getting fucked over, you push a button, your fucking horse comes in, leap on the horse, right off. You know, cool. so cool. yeah, yeah, you could. I, I, I could see the horse being the base. That could I be very enjoyable. That's a good thing. That would be very fun, man. Yeah. I would, I would like that. I would like that a lot. I would like to see them do a mobile. Some kind of mobile safe spot. That would yeah, be interesting. Because exactly, because what we saw in Red Dead and we've seen in Breath of the Wild is they want you to like fall in love with a horse. 
yeah. for some fucking reason. Witcher 3. Witcher 3, yeah. Like, everyone needs to love the horse, and so maybe this is an attempt. I'm sorry, I know it sounds silly, but, you know, an attempt to tie a connection to the horse. You care about it. It's your base. You can't just ditch him. You need him mechanically, and maybe he does some stuff where you're like, I need him emotionally. So, What if he's the bonfire? That's what I was I mean, thinking. Like, it's the only way you yeah. can level up your stats. All I care about, man, and the reason that I was kind of like, eh, on Stack Heroes, is less of its world and its design, I'd say. Um, and, and I don't like that they stripped away a lot of the leveling systems I adore in any FromSoft game. Even Dark Souls 2, which I, is my least favorite one. Like, I enjoy I, the I stat think building. it'll be back for Dark Souls. Yeah, I enjoy stat building, and I enjoy customization in those games. I think that that's one of the few series that gets it right. And uh, Sekiro took that away to some extent. There is customization in the perks. There is a lot of tools to fuck with. There are plenty of ways parts. to play the game. Yeah, parts. I'm not saying there isn't. I just like to tinker. That's who I am. Yeah. So I'm hoping that with this game, they do bring that aspect in. That would be fantastic. They always have to add that magical element, right? The, the reason you respawn, the reason you come back to life every time. That's actually why I was looking up because I was thinking about like that's exactly what I was thinking is like how would they handle – is that sort of somehow the you know the reason you come back or like that could the horse, be really the horse responds you well 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 I just mean that like there in the Dark Souls game it's always about like death which everybody likes for sure and so do I but I mean it would be cool if they were if there was something to love in the game because in all their games unless I'm wrong. There's never been another character that's really central to you. It's always just you, right? Um, and they yeah. tried that in Sekiro. In Sekiro, you have the rot. So if you die, the world dies, which I thought was really a, a unique element. It didn't really change the way I played, but I thought it was a cool idea. And now that we're talking about this, I can see where they tried it in Sekiro. They're like, let's make him care about all the NPCs. Because I don't know if you got that far, but if you die in that, your NPCs actually get sick and start coughing, yeah, and start yeah, yeah, and start yeah. getting ill. So they're already they're already stretching their wings a little bit, trying to make you care about the game world a little bit. Good point. So if the game world to care about this time is the horse, your companion, right, your mm-hmm. only companion in some desiccated world, that could be that that actually interests me. Just mm-hmm. because it could still be Dark Souls, but it could be something that that's just a little bit more than the past ones have been. I like that. Yeah, well, we'll see at this year's E3. Microsoft looks to have a banger of a show, so I'm very pumped for that one. I simply can't wait. That's probably the one show that I care about this year. Square Enix maybe is next, because if they do nail it, they could have a, a really strong show. But we'll see, man. In a couple of weeks, we'll be doing our E3 predictions. So on the other side of gaming are board games. And Elder Scrolls is getting a new edition, but it's not the one that you're probably looking for. New Elder Scrolls tabletop game in development. This comes from Game Informer. Mm. Uh, So this is actually in development by the creators of Fallout Wasteland Warfare, which is a pretty good role-playing tabletop game as well. Called The Elder Scrolls Call to Arms, the figures will be in production with Stormcloak and Imperial Legion miniatures with additional races and factions planned for release later down the line. While the first wave of figures are Skyrim-exclusive characters, expansions based on Oblivion and Elder Scrolls Online are also scheduled for production. Take charge of up to six hero characters with troops in tow and and tackle in-game scenarios like Dungeon Delves where you seek out lost treasure to running battles across the ruined outpost 
outposts that dot the landscape of Tamriel, all the while fulfilling quests and narrative-driven scenario objectives that will see your band of heroes grow from the game, grow from game to game according to Modifius's they didn't add an extra S, sorry, Modifius's statement. Uh, Modifius will begin shipping their first figure, Dragonborn Triumphant, in the first week of June 2019. The full game is slated for release around Christmas 2019. Okay, so there's something that's going to be on my Christmas list. Cool. Are you, you and I, we, we play board games a lot. We play card games. Uh, for me, my main go-to is is really been uh, Dragon Ball Super, the card game. But as for you, who plays, you play Hero Clicks a lot, so I feel you're more in that board game area what, what say anything call out to you here i mean i like i like i like their world a little bit so i'll check it out but mm-hmm. it doesn't it, i'm gonna be honest that's never what's really clicked with me with elder scrolls i, I there I, I it, we'll just have to see like if it's a good board game and it's just fun to sit down and play i i'll i'll probably check it out regardless but mm-hmm. none of what i saw i just saw a little snippet this morning that did not look like it didn't make me go man i want this board game right while right. I wanted the Dark Souls one, for example. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, some fictions interest me more than others when it comes to board games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now, and it says 15 euros for the Dragonborn Triumphant miniature. Uh, really cool looking. So, that is good news for sure. Uh, it's a launch promo, promo. A 32 millimeter scale multi-part high-quality resin miniature complete with scenic base. So painted, yeah, painted. That's good. Looks really good. Um, this item is available in limited quantities through the year, with the first a thousand orders shipping in the first week of June. The second and third wave of subsequent orders are expected to ship in July and August 2019. If the Who's first release develop- is sold out, oh, sorry. No, I'm just saying. If the first release is sold out. You're good. Click here to order from the June wave. Sorry, go on. Uh, who? What developer? What board game developer is doing this? Modifius Entertainment. Okay, well, that makes me happier already because I'm not. Fantasy Flight is normally the company that does a lot of board games, and I've never seen a company fail so utterly at getting rules right the first time. <laughs> like whenever you buy the game, you just the first thing we do is go, "All right, let's go download a 55-page errata sheet where these fuckers have forgot entire keywords yeah. and shit." So I don't know those guys is um, this company. I don't know their their history. But that is one thing I always warn people about with board games is check into the history of the board game company because sometimes there there can be enough mistakes that it can really cause that first game to suck. Yeah. They... So hopefully these guys take their time. Oh, absolutely. Actually, now that you mention it, because like one of the worst things is when you crack open the board game and they got this fucking like novel of a pamphlet to learn the game. And oh God. It can... And then half the time that fucker's wrong. We had a game, no light, Matty, was like, you need to go here at the end of every turn and the place that they said to go to literally did not exist anywhere in the game. Anywhere. And we were just tearing our hair out, going like, what is fucking happening? We go online, and they're like, oh, we used the wrong word in like 45 different spots. It's actually supposed to be this time. Mm-hmm. And we're like, Jesus. Like, oh my God. how the fuck does that get through your QA, man? F- yeah, Fantasy just... Flight in particular just blows chunks when it comes to doing that. Blows chunks. More more <laughs> Defius? More, m- Mo- more Morpheus, I think. Hold on. Modifius, M-O-D-I-P-H-I-U-S, Modifius. I felt like I was in the spelling bee again. I won my spelling bee in third grade. I spelt mosquito right for the game-winning spelling. <laughs> Man, I forgot we had spelling bees in fucking school. It just that's bringing me back. Um, 
I'm just trying to see what else they must have meant a lot to me if I remember that so quickly. Great, great time, man. Love spelling bees. Love my English class. Modifius. Let's see what other games. Okay, they've done Star Trek Living Adventures. I've played Vampire the Masquerade's my favorite game. I don't know. Oh, there's not even an entry. That must be new. I'm trying to see if I've I played any of their games. Vampire the Masquerade 2, if I read correctly. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I'll be interested in that. I've only played, it looks like, maybe two of their games, but Star Trek Adventures Living Campaign was a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Good Mutineer news. Zero? They're doing a Mutineer Zero board game? Okay, that's interesting. I feel like working at a board game company is probably mad fun. Oh, dude. I, I, I feel like that's not, it's like the fun of making a game, but it's not as stressful as game development. Yeah, and like being able to come up with, you know, the systems that work. And there's been times, dude, they're so different than video games. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to describe to somebody, like, why you like a board game. Because I know a lot of friends who like video games. And you're all, no, 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 sit down and play this thing. Because people don't understand you're holding it in your hand. There's like a tangible. Yeah. There's, oh, speaking of, I want to show you something. I'll be right back. Okay. Oh, man. You always love when a sentence ends with that. From Carrick, of all people. I'm just going to keep this show rolling. I'm not even going to edit this out. Yeah, it's funny. He's talking to his dog right now. Oh, here we go. Let's see what he's got to show me. What? No, I was just just doing like a little golf commentary while I was waiting for you. So, that's HeroScape. That's uh, Ultimate Hulk. Okay. But like... When you're holding something, there's something different about holding. Yeah. And I, I like it, it's, it's analog. You mm-hmm. know, it's not looking at a screen and everything's this digital red. It, there's something very satisfying about clicking or putting a card down in a magic game. I agree. That entirely. Is, it's impossible to describe unless you've done it, man. I, I always tell people because there is a mental engagement in games. It's actually why I, one of the reasons I rated Rage 2 pretty high was because I was like, there's a mental engagement despite how frantic the gameplay is. But anyway, um, I, I always tell friends that the reason I play card games, not like anyone really asks, but like when I was getting them into Dragon Ball Super, they're like, why would I want to play a card game? I'm like, because they, they play a lot of Smite with me. And, you know, my friend Tyler, he plays a lot of Call of Duty. Like, he just plays kind of like basic shooters and fun multiplayer games. I'm like, you engage your mind in just this different way. Like, you're you're yeah. almost building intelligence in a very strange manner because you're not just screen, 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 flashy action, things happening. Like, there's something uh, engaging a different part of your brain that doesn't, like, activate when you're when you're playing a card game. I, I wish I knew the parts, I, but you can feel it. It's something you can feel. Very important I think it, I think it's also because a video game has those rules, right? If you play a board game that's made into a video game, mm-hmm. sometimes they're not as fun for me because there's no interpretation. Rules. You can do house rules. There's no interpretation in a video game. It's like, I know this is plus four. And sometimes, you know, the game doesn't even work. I've played board game versions on a video game where sometimes certain things we do you can't even take as many steps because the game just isn't prepared for that but when you're all sitting around and that communication um and you're building something physical there it it, it is it's definitely it's it's definitely a huge change it's like a novel versus a game versus a movie too we talked about how video game knight's old republic would be different than a movie i think in the same way board games you know are just vastly different than video games yeah, I think there's like a feedback to it somehow. Like for example, in Dragon Ball Super, when you're it's called building your hand, like you're playing cards, you're drawing a ton, and like you're sitting there with like eight cards in hands, like you just feel like the shit. There's just a feedback. Yeah. You're like, I'm I'm out playing someone. There's a tactical element that just 
feels good because you know when i'm playing a multiplayer game online i'm playing smite and i I fucking dick on someone i'm like all right let's go like i just i just worked them that was great but there's something more satisfying you know in in a camaraderie way by the way i'm not like i think i'm a douche at the table but like when you beat someone you're like all right like i did it you know that felt good like i I outsmarted that person and a lot of time it's in it's in good fun like when i'm i'm just getting my ass beat that night i'll just make funny plays just because it's fun like it's there's just an enjoyable social element too that i think adds to it anyway yeah should should pick up some board games and card games ladies and gentlemen if you had not already really fun arguably at times more fun than video games yeah i would say sometimes much more fun it's yeah i would say at times i would certainly say i would have more fun in, in board games yeah all right well there are companies that make board games carrick but there is a company known as THQ Nordic who makes a lot of video games, apparently, because they have a eighty-eight p- fucking development. <laughs> uh, and so instead of instead of fucking talking about that, I looked up an article called "Remember Dead Island 2. It's yeah, still being I knew worked on. <laughs> Promises is. THQ Nordic. So this information comes from Games Radar. Uh, Dead Island 2 gets a new logo, as publisher THQ Nordic says to stay tuned for more news. As E3 2019 draws near, it's worth remembering that we're about to reach the fifth anniversary of Dead Island 2's reveal. That's right, the Dead Island sequel was first announced all the way back in 2014 at the start of this console's life cycle. Uh, now we're near the end and the game is still missing. God, that's amazing. That's like that's like Final Fantasy Versus 13 stuff. Uh, not only do we have no clue when Dead Island 2 is coming out, publisher Deep Silver has remained frustratingly silent on anything to do with the game for the last half a decade. And I honestly thought it got canceled. Um, anyway, at last, a new mini update on the game has arrived courtesy of recent financial presentation from THQ Nordic, who holds a stake in Deep Silver's business operations. CEO Lars Wingafors, that sounds like a JRPG name, that's awesome, Uh, Upon looking ahead to the THQ Nordic's upcoming slate of titles, very briefly mentioned that Dead Island 2 was still being worked on and fans should stay tuned for more info when it arrives. And that was it. The game hasn't been canceled and we'll learn more when Deep Silver is ready to share. So, with the 80 games in development, they said they're going to return a galactically beloved one, which screams destroy all humans. And they said they're going to return a, I think, another loved franchise um, which could have been, like, I think Red Faction was in the discussion. Uh, it was obviously Destroy All Humans once more. And they have something else that they could have gotten now. They recently acquired T- uh, Kingdoms of Amalur last year around this time. Piranha so Bites. It's not it. Yeah, oh, they got Piranha Bites. Wow, okay. So THQ Nordic is incredibly busy. I don't know about you, but after Dead Dying Light, Two was announced, and they showed off Chris Avalone talking about the story, showcasing choice and consequence, showcasing a lot of awesome gameplay. I don't want Dead Island Two because it's what I want is in Dying Light Two. It seems. Where do you sit? Your silence is your your silence is concerning. I hate you, (laughs) dude. I love Dying Light. Dying and I love Dead, Dead, Dead I love Dead Island. Okay. I I consider them different styles of games, and I just cannot describe to you how much fun I've had with four players playing Dead Island. It, it's just. What was the last time in, you played it, though? Last week. What? 
Yeah, oh, the Discord man. got together and did it. And wow. dude, I do Dead Island once every three weeks, maybe, where somebody will say, "Let's just jump in." We just randomly, la- like, yeah, it was last week. Somebody was like, "I've got Dead Island because it was like two dollars." Mm-hmm. The definitive edition was like two bucks. Do you guys want to jump in? I was like, "Fuck yeah, I do." Driving cars, doing stupid stuff, smashing into shit because they're different. I think Dying Light is going to be awesome story. You're going to have all this stuff plus the parkour. But Dead Island is not that. Dead Island is way over the top. Dead Island is far more jokey. The weapon mods are, yeah. The weapon mods, I actually like some of the weapon mods a little bit more in Dead Island because there's more of them um, and some of the crazy stuff they do. But they both are good in that way. So to me, I get why somebody would say, I just want one. I totally get that. But to me, I have a feeling Dying Light is going to be more the single player or co-op story-based one. And Dead Island is just going to be like sandbox which i'm okay with i'm i don't think dying light doesn't have sandbox elements it for sure does it's just i think that's dead islands thing is just saying mm-hmm. here's a big place do r- random missions for npcs stories may not make as much sense i'm okay with that i'm i get why people i do get why people see dying light and go why do we need a dead island but i also play call of duty and battlefield right so to me i'm okay i play multiple fighter game fighting games as long as they offer something unique. Um, I will say this, Mm -hmm. Dying Light offers a level of competition that Dead Island better bring their A-game technically. Because if they they don't, they're going to be destroyed. Like, that's one thing that I think people, all the other stuff notwithstanding, I think if, like, one of these overlapping games doesn't bring their A-game, that's when you see huge issues. Because then people do say... A lot of us will say it, Maddie. We'll say, I don't need another post-apocalyptic game. Hey, when's Rage 3 coming out? Mm-hmm. And you buy it anyway. I don't need another one. Oh, Far Cry, New Dawn? Okay. So we say it, but then I think a lot of us, when it looks fun anyway, we're like, fuck, right. I'll get it. Right. So I guess it's, I'm, I, I'm hoping we get that. And we haven't seen this game in so long that probably none of this remains true, I'd say. But yeah, we I, have no clue what it is. I believe if we compare current Dead Island to current Dying Light, I felt Dying Light became what Dead Island should have been. I enjoyed yes. Dead Island Agreed. extensively when I played it for the first time and the second time and the third time. It's when I went back in 2017 and I was like, okay, this is all right. Uh, and I realized how much I enjoyed the fluidity, the parkour, and the same customization in the open world of Dying Light 1, where now the sequel seems to carry everything forward in the right ways, and I find that far more interesting than going back to a series that was more grounded, especially when we're in a very zombie-polluted gaming environment. There, We just played Days Gone, right? And at least with Dying Light, it has the parkour and the narrative choice and consequence to separate itself. And we don't know what Dead Island 2 will bring to the table to separate itself, but as far as we know, based off the series history and what we saw in demos, the only thing that it was bringing was that same mods, crazy open-world stuff that is good, it's going to be fun, but I don't think it's enough to, to really win a lot of people over in such a saturated environment. I don't think they care. Yeah, they probably don't. THQ Nordic is not... I don't think people realize THQ Nordic has made it very clear they're not spending a bunch on their games either. Yeah. Which scares me a little bit. We saw that with Darksiders, right? Yeah. Like, Shitty little that, times. Yeah, and, and that's why I was talking about their, their A game. I think they're okay being the double A version 
or the budget version of a zombie game. They're just competing against Focus Home. Yeah. In a weird way, they are. I'm I, like, I think that Dead Island, they're probably, are they looking at Dying Light as a competitor? May, yes, but I bet they you they're, they're also looking at it as the more expensive competitor because I can guarantee you Dead Island's not coming at 60 bucks. I will bet you right now you can save this podcast that when Dead Island 2 gets announced, it's 40. 40? That I would make a more appealing. Exactly. And um, I think Nordic knows that because they have priced some of their games at a little lower price. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think they understand. They bought Piranha Bytes. Let's be honest. I like their games. But they are they are the dead island of fantasy games. Elix is a little crazy. It's a little jank. It's not Skyrim. But at the same time, you got a jetpack. And so you're like, this is sort of cool. It's not the exact cheaper. same thing. And it's a little cheaper. And I, I, I do feel that these companies are starting to become aware of the price Starting. I don't want to say they all are. <laughs> but I feel I feel like those guys are. And he's an investor. People need to realize the guy, because um, I follow him religiously. He's an actual investor who owns uh, THQ Nordic. The, the, investors usually only do one of two things. They hold on to something until it becomes more uh, popular and then they sell it. Mm-hmm. Or they build it up on their own and then sell it. Mm-hmm. So my personal opinion is, he knows there's a big growth area in the B vampire style level, double A budget area where going against the triple A's aren't going to work. How are you going to get to go against Chris Avalon? Even if Chris Avalon wrote one sentence in Dying Light, his name's still attached to it. Right. So how do you how do you sell it? Right. I think they're okay with the budget. Um, I agree with you though that why do we need another one in a zombie filled world? However. If it's a good game, that argument always seems to evaporate for me. I, it's just like Rage 2. If you had told me, dude, 100%. it's another popular game. I get, I get game, perspective, yeah. You, I'd just be like, oh, God, here we go. And then five minutes later, I'm like, oh, my God, here we go. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. The, the tone changes, right? Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it'll be it's, interesting. Exactly. It's 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 I We need to see it. I will I will reserve my opinion. I just, as I stand with, with the the amount franchises it is uh, and the franchise i feel like would it have been better canceled i don't want to say that too soon gotta see the gameplay but i I feel like it it may end up not being worth pushing so hard to get this game out we'll see though because maybe they feel they have something special if they are pushing so hard to get it out so well any he only did just mention that we're going to show something so we think it's pushing maybe it's just like they're going to show something and they're Mm -hmm. not pushing you know it's just like pushing in the effect of pushing it out versus, yeah, we're still working on it, but it's not like, you know, our premier title. Right on. Did you like uh, Homefront? The Revolution? Or one or two? Whichever one? I never played the original, which apparently was all right. I played four hours. It's in my Steam library. Four hours of the Revolution, and I remember loving the universe. Like, Mm -hmm. it's such a fucking awesome idea. And one that I hope gets picked up because Homefront could have been like a really, really cool game. Uh, but I just remembered like it being even back then when I wasn't super critical. Like I, I, you know, I just found it very buggy, hard to get running. The open world was or world space in general was cumbersome. Enemies respawning in front of me. That type of shit happened a lot, and it, it became frustrating. But what I did play in the terms of the world, I, I wanted to be invested. Just say so you no. Know. That's all patched. Oh. And it's about two bucks. 
and it just reminded me of the B level, and we just played it. Multiplayer co-op in that game is amazing because it's full level, it's uh, full missions, hmm. and it is, dude. We just take down myself and Abzi did a, a bunch of multiplayer campaigns in that. And I was just thinking along the lines of you said buggy. Funny enough, you mentioned buggy because that's sort of what I was talking about with State of uh, with uh, well State of Decay. There's another one. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, State of Decay too. But uh, uh, with um, um, with uh, not Dying Light, but Dead Island. Right. It, also, to to side with you on a part of this, Dead Island Riptide sucked donkey balls, that which game's... was their 1.5 version of Dead Island. So let's hope. Let's hope it's not like that one. But yeah, Home Homefront, um, the Revolution is super cheap, and co-op just works instantly. You just throw people together and start playing, and the mod the modifications of the guns can still be done, mm-hmm. and it's an absolute blast. But I like those I like those cheaper games. I'm hoping I'm hoping we see a couple of these companies sort of step forward in that smaller arena because Vampire showed that it can work. Yeah, it, it's I'm looking at recent reviews now and it doesn't let's see i'm just curious like to see if anything's changed at all for like people's perspective like recent reviews are mixed hmm it's still 30 dollars. it's game pass oh i also want to try outward that game looks cool janky as fuck man that game it's it it is dude but it's Janky as fuck, man! <laughs> it, 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 dude. I mean, I so liked weird. I liked the original two worlds when I was younger, so that's why I'm. So like, did I. I'm a. Oh, I was gonna say I'm a little flexible on the janky RPG. It's nah, sad in a medieval setting because of that. Okay. Oh, two worlds was fucking like it wasn't Skyrim, but it was. There was. I love the magic system. I actually reviewed Raven's Cry, which was their other game, which sucked donkey mm-hmm. balls, but. Um, yeah, Two Worlds and Two Worlds 2 I really enjoyed. You can do co-op in those, jump in with other people. Matter of fact, one of my first patrons is somebody I jumped in to Two Worlds on the original Xbox, right? Wasn't that the original Xbox? Two Worlds, yeah, that would have yeah, been. That, was... that would have been that long ago. And two Worlds original 2 was, was a good game. I stand by yeah. that. I stand by yeah. that. Good game. Yeah, you should try Outward. I mean, uh, just, just a word of warning, don't jump into the co-op as much. Because that's definitely more janky. Mm-hmm. But as a single-player game, I know like a lot of people. The combat's are really almost it. a slower souls. Yeah, yeah, it is slower, and you have that mechanic of your pack and um, and Elix. It's like Elix, where like the narrative isn't the best. You know, it's not right. written. It's not written inc- incredibly well. Home Homefront, you said is thirty. So on yes. the PC, it it rose back up. Okay, gotcha. Well, they do on, go on, on sale for anybody. Uh, for anybody interested, they go on sale a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, on Steam, yeah. All right. I don't know why I brought that up. Oh, because we were talking about B games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's move on to Carrick's favorite topic. Hold on. I'm time so time. excited. Oh, we already know what that is. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I know what it is. All right. So, DC Universe Online is coming to the Switch this summer. I'm not even going to bother reading the article. Carrick thoughts. I can't wait, man. I can't fucking wait. I think they can make it run well on the Switch because you can turn the graphics up and down already mm-hmm. on the Xbox even. And they have a bunch of graphical settings on the Xbox and P- PS4 versions. The only thing I don't like, Maddie, is this bullshit. Most MMOs do this where, depending on the platform, you can't overlap characters. So if I have a character on the PC version, 
I can't like import because I have a character who's like a villain called Small Package, and I can't get Small Package Why is he into Small my package? as a joke about dicks. I I, all so. my yeah, I just, I all my superhero character. Trust me, like swinger swinging and hanging. There's always some <laughs> like we did about eight videos on my channel of it was called Villainy Victorious, and it was both of us as villains, and I was swinging and he was hanging. Just always uh, fucking yeah, around yeah. in that way. We'll, we'll but deal. dude, all right. Even it. without microtransactions, so let's say you don't buy a thing, we've got people in the Discord right now who are like 40 hours in, and they're still doing stuff with no micros. It does have micros, for sure, mm -hmm. and you and at some point you're probably going to want to get some, but if for free, for free, mm -hmm. there is a shit ton of stuff to do in that game, and it it's insane for free. I'm not I, saying it's an amazing game. I haven't played it since 2013, so <laughs> yeah, I think a lot's really? changed. Yeah. That was Sony back then. It wasn't even Daybreak Games. It was when yeah, it, was it was a PS3 exclusive. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Matt Broom, he came on the podcast. He was the original developer for it. Um, okay. He talked to us about some of that kind of uh, some of the stuff behind the scenes. They split off and Daybreak took 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 it over. It's really the only superhero game out right now, too. That's an MMO because mm -hmm. they canceled Champion. Or there was another one. Um, uh, Heroes. Heroes mm -hmm. Online or something. Marvel Heroes. No, not that one. That was the Diablo one you and yeah, I love, right? That, that would have been a fucking beautiful Switch game. Oh, dude. No, this one was called, um, and I think somebody got a hacked server just now running for it. So, um, it's called Reddit Just Did a Thread. Um, a superhero uh, game that was free. Yeah, it, it was the other one. It was this one, and then it was another one I can't find the name for right now. Champions online. Champions online. I think is what it was called. What the hell is that? Um, uh, it's another one like DC Universe. Basically, okay. they came out sort of around the same time, but it got canceled and then kaboshed completely. Servers turned off, and then I think they either got them back on or somebody hacked a server and it's up. Because I saw it on Reddit either today or yesterday. But uh, yeah, DC Universe. You just go in, make your character. Um, Basic skills are f basic special powers are free, like water, fire, ice, and a couple others. And then when you want to get the ones that they've added on later, like atomic superpowers, those are micros. Um, one of the cool things about it, dude, is they're releasing content all the time. They just did Aquaman the movie in the game. So you get a comic book, digital comic book, that is the story for, and it overlaps in the game. Hmm. So they, So like if something happens in the comic book world that they like, like crossover events, you'll, it'll just be like episode or ep, uh, what is it when it comes to comics? Not episode. Um, issue. Issue number 32 or whatever. And it's a whole new, it's like four new hours of content with new voice actors. And, That's um, cool. Yeah, Adam Baldwin does voices. Uh, the chick from Battlestar who was the evil chick who ran the other uh, Battlestar Galactic. Can't, can't remember her name. But yeah, it's just fun, man. Like we just did it a couple, about three weeks ago. And it's just a, it's just a fun, basic action superhero game, fully voiced, which is why I like Knights of the Old Republic, because it's fully voiced. I'm a big fan of the, yeah, like, that experience with these things. Um, but, dude, I'm stoked, man. The Switch is where it's at, by the way. Like, if this version is good, I will be playing the shit out of that with people in the Discord. Just... You know, it's, it's amazing, because remember when the Switch came out, and I was like, dude, I'm actually really enjoying it, and then you were very much on the, I don't touch my Switch, bro. I don't yeah. touch it. And then Dragon's Dogma happened, and then now we got DCU, and 
Oh man. Yeah. You're hooked. Yeah, it's it, yeah, because yeah, there uh, Raven Rabbids or what was it called? Uh, Mario, Mario versus Rabbids. Rabbids. I think started it because Lone and you were talking about it. Oh. And then I start. Then I started getting. And then that was one of the first Switch games I reviewed, that and that sort of blew it up. So good. Yeah, but this is the type of title, just like Skyrim, where once the Switch, and now that I got the new battery, like, sitting on the bed, playing this game, that game is not the best graphic, you know, it's got some cool graphics thrown around, but it's not Mm -hmm. that super high-detailed thing that would bring a Switch to its knees. I think overall, they'll probably be able to do it. Um, It's got, one of the things I liked is everything's in it, voice so you, voice over IP is in it. It's actually in the game, so you don't have to worry about Nintendo's bullshit like voice systems oh, okay. or any. It's all built in. And um, I'm, yeah, dude, I could not be more excited. I have so many characters in that game. It's ridiculous. Like it's, it's to cool. me, this is a killer app. Yeah, for wow. me. Wow, for me. Awesome. Just for no, me. I know for you. Not yeah, saying, I'm saying, but not there saying are a lot of people is. who really like DCU. Um, Actually, yeah, this article I'm looking at right now mentions Justice League Dark Episode, which launched in March, Atlantis, which launched yeah. in this, in November, and Teen Titans Judas Contract, which launched last July. I like the that the Nintendo Switch is picking smart free-to-play games. They also recently added Smite, which is my personal favorite free-to-play game. Yep. I mean, like you said, I'm going to give a similar sales pitch with DCU. Very much a, dude, this is free. I mean, especially because... The game gives you a lot of currency, so you can gradually buy all these gods if you want. But what I always do is when I play Smite, you can rent a god for 300 favor for a day. And mind you, you get a ton of... Like I, have, I have like 20-something thousand favor right now. So I can just go around, rent gods for a day, do what I want. And you can just keep repeating that because the, the matches give you so much back. It is a really generous free-to-play game. And there's like 100-plus gods, or almost, I'd say... There has to be more than 100 at this point with all the the recent new ones that have been added. But it, it's just such a fantastic game, and I'm so happy that made its way to Switch. I'm happy to see this making its way to Switch because, you know, there was the, the big thing was Fortnite coming to the Switch. That was all right. last year. You know, Fortnite to the Switch, and it finally happened. It's like, now we're seeing... That's no knock on Fortnite, by the way, but now we're seeing other quality free-to-play titles that can offer a lot, make their way there, and those fans who were there for the, the free-to-play shit are going to get some some really good stuff in that realm. Isn't it weird, too? I And I always talk about this, but, like, these free-to-play games, um, when Star Trek came onto the Xbox, I mean, I got, like, 80 hours for free. And I don't think people get it. Yes, there are microtransactions in all these games. Neverwinter Nights has them. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Neverwinter Online. Star Trek. Right. This. But the fact that I could probably play 200 hours, because in DCU you can either be a good guy and follow a completely different storyline, or a villain and a completely different one. Um, There's so much content for free, it's like, dude, the only price you're paying is downloading the fucking thing. Yeah. Like, Like, here's a great example. Between the... I've played Smite for so long. Between the alpha, the beta, and the full game, how many hours do you think I paid before I put money into it? 100? More. 200? More. 400? I'm just going to double yeah. it now. Yeah. We're at 400 hours before paying. I paid paying, last right? year 20 bucks for some gems. 400 so, for free, which I should have paid earlier. But I think have 250 in DCU before I paid. Yeah. So, and we have people right now in the Discord who still haven't paid a cent and they're just running around killing bad guys. Like, yeah, dude, it's people don't realize there's a free to play, and I get it with the microtransactions. I see where 
people don't want to get into those. Free, it makes sense they're there, right? Like there yes. are situations like Elder Scrolls Blades, free to play. They're there, Maddie. But that's one that's more egregious. It's also one that's you know they're they're shadow nerfing. So there are situations where free to play is like yes, it's free, but. If there's shady shit happening alongside it that's encouraging to pay, that's one thing. But we're talking about two games right now that just... And I guess you could throw Apex Legends and Fortnite into that. They just have like, a ton of content. Just play. For yeah, free. Just yeah. play. There's a lot yeah. of shit to do. Yeah, and I think, again, I think on the Switch, the more we get of these... Because I think that they have their place. A free-to-play has its place. A $10 game. A 15 They all have their place. Right. If, if, if somebody prices them outright. And... Mm-hmm. um. The fact that you can sit down on a Switch and, let's say, play one episode or one raid in this game while you're on the train or whatever, mm-hmm. as long as you have Wi-Fi connection for this game because it's online. Um, but the idea that you can do that and not pay anything, I mean, that's... It's awesome. Like, there, I don't even know if there's a negative, really. See, and other than the psychological thing that we sh- talk about, which is micros. They should find a way to have your characters connected to your account because imagine you're they playing should. on your pc you're playing on your ps4 hey i yep. need the tv you sign in on yeah. your switch you load that same character up your your sister your brother your dad your mom your grandma whoever the fuck uses the tv and you still continue your progress on your switch on the handheld because obviously you can't go very far if it's an online game but for situations like that that's what like uh what was it called remote play for the playstation 4 that's what that was created right. based off to, to for those scenarios which are realistic and happen quite often you know not everyone's got a tv in their room not everyone's got a console in their room they use it on the family tv and for situations like that that's why I, man i don't know why it doesn't happen it must be pc a, to switch it must be a, c- a compatibility because it was yeah. originally a ps3 game maybe remember back in the day like when your PS3 PSN account gets linked Yes, and um, I agree, dude, because, like, the idea, I play on the PC, but I get sore because I like to move around, so I get sore from sitting too long. I'm like, dude, my legs don't feel right. I need to get up. Yeah. But if I could get up and throw the ball ball for the dogs and play on my Switch, or if I could get up and move around, sit in a different place, that's the one thing I think these games, and that's why the game that just, uh, Dauntless, just got released yesterday, Mm -hmm. all cross-play, completely cross-play. Xbox, PC, and PS4. I haven't had a chance to try that yet. I haven't downloaded it. And it's free, by the way. Free. Once again, there's another free game. Um, It fucking needs to happen. Like, even more than, in a weird way, like some of the other... I mean, cross-play is great, but just even cross-account. Even if I can't play cross-play, I don't want to make an account on a server that's just for PC. Right. If, If you have another version out there. That stuff, I really... Even if it was an import thing, where you, like, press a button... Okay, if you import it, you can't play him on the PC for 24 hours. Whatever, fine. But they don't have that, and that's the one thing I think the free-to-play games need to start doing, because I don't think Neverwinter or Star Trek do it either. Yeah. And maybe it's a free-to-play thing. Maybe it's something I don't understand about um, how difficult it is. I don't know. But, right. yeah, dude, I'm really excited for it, man. I'm, I Me hope too. we see more of these kind of games people can get into. Mm-hmm. I'm on the same page. I like free-to-play titles like this, because they're fucking fun. I'll give it a shot again this summer, since probably not much will be coming out that I care about outside of Astral Chain. All right. Astral Chain? Yes, sir. The Platinum Games exclusive for the Switch. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's this summer? In August. No shit. Man, I thought that was more like a year or so out even from now this year this is the 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 cop looking yeah weird special no shit cop with like the persona pretty much yeah i can't okay cool 
All right, now for our final segment, we have a lot of questions to go through. I want to thank the Patreon or Patreon, the patrons for getting really involved this week. Uh, that is that. This is awesome. Seeing how many uh, we've, we've got to go through. What's sorry, that? Dauntless hit four million players today. Wow, that's a, that's unbelievable. Anyway, oh, sorry, I just saw the number. It's for but in one day. Yeah, that's crazy. Good anyway, sorry, continue. Good for yeah, them. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, let's go with questions. I apologize. No, no, that no, you're stunned. good. That's, that's a big number. We were just talking about it, so that's, yeah, that's important. Uh, Play asks us, Total War Three Kingdoms gave us a recent example of a game that benefited greatly from delays. Which recent flops could have benefited from most delays? I'm going with Sea of Thieves. I don't think delays would have helped Fallout 76 or Anthem. I think his point adds more to the question. He's kind of saying, like, those were games that were so broken on launch. Like, I was just playing Fallout 76 last night for a video, and the the, the game still chugs at times. For And if that's happening, okay. it, it was very not ready at launch, where even a right. delay, even to, to the end of this year, might not have gotten it where it had to be. I know my answer. Let's hear it. Stayed with K2. I can understand State of, that. State of Decay 2 has the chops gameplay-wise. I don't care what... I'll argue with anybody about that. But mm-hmm. uh, techni- technically, excellent, excellent choice would have been to delay that by six months. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say... Be... I'm going to say Darksiders 3. Oh, true. I'm going to say that. No, that's a good answer. I think that's one that... It released in a crowded time. It did well enough. It, it sold fine, mm-hmm. apparently. So good for them. I think could have sold better in a less crowded time and would have would have gotten way more people's attention if they actually uh, put themselves in a, in a spot where they had a much better functioning product, product. Because one of my biggest complaints for the game was not its gameplay, more so the tech. It just, it, they were fucking like, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, ta- I'm telling you, like you'd be running around, the game would stop, it would go into stasis, and there'd just be like a loading logo in the middle. Like it, it'd be this transparent loading screen, and it would sit there for like a minute sometimes. It was very, very, very strange. Very strange. And the fact Days that they didn't gone. have a new Game Plus was weird. Days Gone, holy shit. Yeah, there's It more. did well, though. That's why I didn't know if we should answer with that. And State of Decay did phenomenally well, now that I think about it. But yeah, Days Gone, if we it. ignore the sales, I feel Days it. Gone needed it. No, I, I think even Days Gone would have sold fine if it got delayed into July or something. Me too. And, and, and they just released a more polished product. I still don't think I would have been crazy about it because my biggest complaints were how like average Me the neither. gameplay story and everything were. But yeah, having it function better, that would be great. I would I would have liked that. <laughs> I've been a big fan of that. You know? it's, the only PS, it's the only PS4 game exclusive, dude, that I've played that was like that. Like, it, yeah. it, Pretty good it ratio. It doesn't even feel... Yeah. Oh, for <laughs> sure. PS4 good games, you mean? Versus, yeah. versus yeah. like duds. You got, like, what, the last one was probably the Order 1886 that didn't land with everybody. But still technically was fucking amazing. Yeah, true. Yeah. Such a cool universe. I hope they go back to it. I do. I'm one, I think I'm one of the few people. I, I, I feel that that was... A, I am as well. That's one that's ripe for exploring, kind of like KOTOR, and that if they yep. did it right, it, it would probably be a favorite. Absolutely. Next question comes from Mike Fury. Is Octopath Traveler too expensive at sixty bucks for PC? I don't believe you can answer this, right? You've never played it. I can tell you that sixty dollars caused me to double think it. Really? Yeah. I can understand that because it, it feels like more of a switch tailored experience. Uh, some of the benefit is, is taking it with you. True. But 
because mm-hmm. it, it it functions best in portable. Um, being hunched over and walking around a world with sprites. Uh, but I love that game. It was it was in my game of the year list. It was in my top ten. I think it landed at eight. I, I loved Octopath Traveler. It was it was a really, really good game. So I would say yes. Like if you don't mind being hunched over your computer for like 80, 90 hours for, for this game, yes. But if you own a Switch, that's the best place to play. So if you're if you're torn and now it's got your attention, go play on the Switch. But it is worth sixty dollars. It's probably cheaper now. Um And I'll, that, I'll, I'll I wanna it. say I believe it's worth sixty. What I'm saying is that the price did it did cause me to like rethink. Do I get it on the Switch, for instance? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So when if that was priced at thirty, then the decision to look back at the Switch version, Maddie, wouldn't have been as high. If that makes right. sense. So it because it was six sixty, I think that did. It's not that it hurt it. It's just that it made me rethink which version to get, which yeah. I wouldn't have rethought. Yeah, I'm looking right now. It's fifty dollars at GameStop, or uh, I'm sorry, fifty dollars at Best Buy New, fifty four dollars pre-owned at GameStop, which doesn't surprise me. Nintendo games never drop in price, so yeah, if you're <laughs> looking for like a, a little cut, let's see what Amazon's got it for. Uh, Amazon's this is, got. Are we talking about used? For no, just like brand new for Switch. Uh, so oh, if you're gonna buy oh. it anywhere, buy it on Amazon or buy it on, um, what's it called? Best Buy. You'll get it for fifty dollars, which you know you save a few bucks. Target yeah. as well has it for fifty dollars. Um, it has not dropped in price, probably because it sold really well, and they were like, "All right, we'll take all the money we can get now." And uh, it's a really quality game, so um, it's worth playing if that's what you're looking into. But Switch is the best place to play. Sixty dollars on PC um, depends on on, I guess, if you're okay with sitting at your computer for long stretches of time, which right. I'm certainly I'm used to with working, but I don't prefer it. All right. Uh, next comes from the Truth Speaker, which is the Grim Blade, who continues to change his name. Last week Jesus. he was redacted, as you may remember. <laughs> How are you preparing yourselves for E3? Do you block out content ahead of time? And what, if anything, are you planning to do special this year? Carrick, we'll start with you. How are you preparing? And are you doing Same anything as you. special? Same. Oh, we got to talk about this behind the scenes, too, because I don't mm-hmm. know what your plans are for the stream. But um, okay. Same thing. Stream. stream um, I don't. I don't block anything... Uh, out other than the 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 conferences right so i block them out to cover those on stream and that's pretty much because i you never know what they're going to announce so usually i want to be like fairly flexible watch them with people and then from then on i might do footage but since i'm not going to be there Mm -hmm. the only footage i'm going to be able to use is the official stuff anyway so i'll just sit with the stream and yak about it yeah i'm in the same ballpark where i'm gonna stream reactions to all the major conferences and then you know probably if something will happen at one of these conferences that yeah. will demand a video that will exactly. have me probably excited you know that's the fun of it like you you know that's why people are like e3's dying e3 needs to go i'm like this is like the one week where i know i can like watch conferences and go man something cool is gonna happen today that's gonna make me happy like you know there's yeah. always a i feel a guarantee in most days at least, at least in my life, I'm very fortunate, and so I, you know, it's it's cool to have that, like for sure, like something awesome in gaming is going to happen today, and I'm ready for very it. Very much so. Very yeah. much so. But uh, in the terms of doing anything special, yeah, just streams. And I don't know if, if Grim meant when you block out content ahead of time, does he mean like like hide yourself from it? I don't think he did because he knows we we cover and discuss a lot. Oh, but, oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Um, I personally, I just to make sure, I'll cover that base. Yeah, I don't either. It. It's it'd be kind of it'd work counterintuitive. Yeah, that's counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah. 
it would it would work against my channel. Here's a good one. Johnny EC says or asks rather, most underappreciated game you've played this year thus far. Uh, you've got an answer. Go ahead. I got to look up the name of this fucking thing. I hold on. Let me check something real quick. Right now, I'm torn between a Plague Tale, which I wouldn't put in the. He says, "Let me make sure." He says, "Underappreciated, not underrated." Mm. So I might go with a Plague Tale. No, no, no. I'm sorry. A Plague Tale is not underappreciated. Underrated. I I don't know. It's a I'm splitting hairs here. I will say World War Z. It sold fine, but I feel like it kind of came, sold well, went. And I think World War Z was a very big surprise um, where it could fit into that underrated camp where people are like, yeah, zombie shooter, where I feel more people would actually enjoy it if they gave it a shot. Uh, but that I don't know if that really fits well. Let me check my list of games I've beat this year. Oh, fuck me. Uh, the one I play on my Switch all the time, Super Dragon Ball Heroes. I played it on stream for like three hours, and people were like, what is what is happening? This game looks weird. And I'm like, it, it is a fun Dragon Ball digital card <laughs> game. And I was just like, you know what? This this is underrated. It is absolutely underrated. I think, um, actually, I have it right next to me here. Team Sonic Racing might fall in that ballpark. I feel it's reviewing well now, but I definitely got a feeling that... Cannot wait to play that. Yeah, same, man. I love kart racers. When I saw this reviewing well, I was like, all right, instant buy. And so I feel that's one that we're not going to be, you know, a lot of people aren't going to be talking about at the end of the year. I get a really strong feeling, man, because these are the types of games that, like, they're, they're the come-and-go style games. That's why I make every year I make an underrated games list for games like Sonic that you're, you're looking for for a discount for Christmas or something. It's why I make those videos, man, because they're fucking awesome titles. So anyway, that would be my answer. So I'll stick with World War Z. Okay. Because that my original answer, just like yours, was going to be Plague Tale. And then I was like, well, it did review well. Where World War Z reviewed a little bit more of the middling. Um, and obviously sold well, so it resonates with whoever played it, I guess. Uh, that game is legit insanely fun. Mm-hmm. And um, I get why... I guess I get why some people are down on it. I don't think when I played it, I noticed any or many of the complaints I saw other people, which does happen. Sometimes you have that lucky, lucky spurt. But it's like I've done like 80 hours of that game so far, and I still haven't had barely any tech issues, and it's just been a blast. Yeah, they've already added DLC. People were like, I can't get the game to start, and I believe it. I'm not saying people are liars, but like they'd look at reviews and go, well, why are they giving that a buy? And I'm like, I didn't experience my game not starting. My game ran fine. Yeah, yeah, and that sucks, right? That's, unfortunately, as we get more technically apt in the consoles and the PC and things get complicated, we're going to have those issues. But that game, I just tell everybody, man, that game is just legit fun Mm -hmm. through and through. It is a good co-op game. A great AI for a co-op. Like, I never expected the AI to save my ass multiple times or to do what it did. It made some mistakes, but nowhere near what we get in a lot of games. A lot of very popular games. So, yeah, World War Z, probably. Uh, Operencia was a very good Bard's Tale ripoff style game that I, I really liked. Yeah, it was. Um, it came and went. It came mm-hmm. and went. And um, that was, I think, Epic exclusives get notoriously downrated a little bit right now because of all the Epic Naturally. Store stuff. And both of those were Epic Store exclusives. And I okay. think, 
I do believe that right now there's a both legitimate and illegitimate complaint, you know, about Epic Store. Mm-hmm. And people vote the games down sometimes that I don't necessarily don't necessarily think I agree with on some of these titles. War War Z, for sure, being one. Absolutely. Bearded Panda asks, what is your greatest achievement slash feat in gaming? Things like 100%ing a game like Sekiro or Dark Souls, completing a LAS, LASO campaign in the Halo series, or just being able to say, yeah, I beat Battletoads. What's the one thing <laughs> y'all wear around your belt or pat yourself on the back for completing? Oh, fuck. Um, I always go to my Bloodborne Platinum. I think that was, like... Because I did it legit. I didn't, like, save hack. Some people would, like, copy their saves onto a thumb drive and and would load it in uh, through their PlayStation 4 and and would start the game over at the end and get the the second ending trophy. And and they'd do it that way. I beat it, like, one, two, three. And on, like, the third try, I'd fucking, like, speed run through it all. I didn't die. Like, it was a really, like, I have mastered this game. And I got the 100% platinum. Like, I, I fucking decimated this game. It is my bitch. You know, that type of thing. Where I definitely I definitely carry that one around and, and flex that a bit. Um, uh, what's the other one? I, I guess the other one would be when I used to play competitive Call of Duty. I think I actually had, like, a future in it if I stuck with it, especially with how esports has grown. I, I think I could actually made something of myself in that department because I was on a, a Black Ops 1 Search and Destroy team that was 80-4. and four. Like, we just never lost, and, and we were really good, and, and we kept playing and playing and playing, but eventually just we lost interest. Like, I just didn't like playing Call of Duty anymore, and I stopped and, and switched over to single-player games. It worked out. Here I am, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm just saying. I, 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 I wouldn't say it's one I carry around often, but it's, it's something I'm proud of because I know I could have gone in a different route and been successful, I guess. Yeah, those were going to be my two. I would say I was. I, I know that at one time I was legit terrifying in Halo multiplayer because I Ooh. remember, like, because uh, we would go to the competitions in town, and I would get oh. first place all the time. And it was and like people were like two against one, and it was always first place. I mean, like it, that. <laughs> uh, the only way I even know I was good is like friends would be like, "I am never ever playing multiplayer against you." Like it's it's because I would time shit. Like I would run through a tunnel and time in my brain how long it took to sprint from one end of the tunnel to come out. And so then I knew if somebody entered that side of the tunnel, I could shoot a sniper rifle and hit them three point two seconds later. So I'd go like. One, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, and so I was timing stuff. I was running around levels, timing how far it took this jump, and then that that's way, fun. when I would fight people, they like, and then Virtual Fighter. I was, I, I would say that's the only thing other than Halo I've been insanely good at to the point to where no one would play. They'd just be like, "There's no fucking chance mm-hmm. I will play against character because I'll be on the phone and with not moving the character, and I would beat them." That was back when that's what I was into, though. So, I mean, that's the thing. Is like, now, not so much. But back then, oh, yeah, you, now that's I'm your not, thing. I'm Call good, of Duty's your thing. You yeah. know, it's like... Now I'm a time. good Call of Duty player. Like, I played competitively for Black Ops 4. Just, like, fun competitively, by the way. Um, and, like, I was decent still. But, like, you could tell I, I wasn't the player I used to be because I, I used to only play Call of Duty for, like, five hours a day after school for years you know yeah and, yeah and so i just got fucking really good at the game just by putting the work in so yeah like you know as you said with virtua fighter or probably halo it's, it's the same thing like i just you know you, you put it's in the time, time for so long right it's t- yeah yeah mm-hmm. and i'm sure there were multiple billions of people better 
It's just those are the ones that I do remember people being like, no, never, never playing against him. And other than that, I don't really keep any. I mean, I don't really consider I win some races, I lose some. I don't really even track those anymore. I think when you're younger, you're just maybe, I don't know if you're more competitive. Maybe it's the game, Mm -hmm. you know, but I just lost interest over time, too. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't personally, I, I feel I sit in the spot of, I like to do things in real life that I can be like, I did that. Yeah. You know, gaming achievements are great. Like I love still trophy hunting. I love that meta game. I'd say that's one of the things that makes me feel accomplished when it comes to gaming alongside creating good content for people and, and diving deeper into games. I think that's an accomplishment of its own that I, I can bring conversations that maybe other people aren't bringing. But, you know, for me, like, my accomplishments are, are buried in, like, martial arts, getting a new belt rank. That's like what that, I was going to say. That's the shit that too. makes me feel good for real now. Like, you know, yeah. I can I, – I do feel good that, like, knowing I, I mastered Bloodborne. I could probably go back and, and know most of that game still and succeed. Uh, I actually – my friend and I were going to do a co-op playthrough last year, and we started, and we, we breezed right through into the Bloodstarved Beast and finished that right away. And it's just, like, muscle memory. So that type of stuff feels good. You feel, like, a sense of confidence, but I guess – most of my achievements, I feel more proud of IRL. What about uh, on other side? Is there a game that you played and you were like, I'm getting sm- sm- smoked? Smash Brothers like, Ultimate. Uh, oh, really? My really? friends, my friends <laughs> were, I never played Smash, out, like straight up, I never played Smash outside of just fun against the AI. And oh, so okay. I go over one of my best friend's house, it's him, Brian and Vinny. And I sit down at the TV. I'm like, all right, this will be a good night. Like, we're going to play Smash Ultimate, brand new fighting game. I got f- fucking destroyed. Holy moly, dude. I got toasted. And I was like, I was annoyed. I was like, I don't like you guys anymore. I said, I'm going to go home and work. <laughs> and I, I uh, tried to get better. I put 160 hours in that game. And I'm like, I'm definitely better now. I'm definitely solid at the game. But uh, yeah, that's one game. <laughs> That's one game I don't think I'll ever be legitimately like good at. I took, I made the mistake. I Azralyn, who was on your channel once, right. um, she plays a lot of Overwatch and all that stuff. And there's a game called Splitgate, which looks a little like Halo and Real Tournament. You can shoot oh, portals yeah. into That's the recent, wall. Right? Yeah, you can shoot a portal over here, and then the exit portal here, and run in here, and come out here. Right. But it's an arena. She had an ex Quake player, ex professional Quake player. In fact, he may be current. A professional quake player her and one other of our friends and i am telling you oh well i did beat takedown he was there but he beat me as well but most of the time it was it was like fighting fucking 19 bruce lee's man it was <laughs> it was fucking it was i loved it because i like getting crushed i've always been like that's what gets me excited i i wanted to return to it because of that i didn't get a chance but they were dude it was like they were made out of missiles, man. I would, they would come around a co- corner, and I'd be like, I think there's a... And just fucking smoked. And it was, it was like looking, and I would die. I'd be like, okay, boom. Fuck. Respawn. Okay, boom. And it just, it was, it was awe-inspiring. I had like six kills. Takedown had like six or eight. This guy had like 39. Azralin had like 27. It was just getting... Domination. Yeah, and... <laughs> it, I I rarely get upset, and in this time I chose to get. I was like, I want to play this, so that was. I really liked it, but it is frustrating 
like when you do AI, mm-hmm. and then you go. Luckily, I'd not done AI. It was just this was my first time playing, right. so I didn't have that hold on. But if you do play in a game, any game against the AI, and then go against a person, if you think you're good, go against a person, not at the AI. The AI can't, dude. They can't mimic it. I'd humans. say Smash Bros. does the closest Redonk. human. Do they mimicking. do a good job? They do. I think they provide a good challenge because I. I didn't oh, get good. over this hump. Like, I was bad for about 50 hours until I was on a plane to and from Florida. And I just played Smash Brothers, both plane rides to and from. Oh, uh, I see. Exclusively that condensed on, on, time yeah, frame. Yeah, nine difficulty. And I was like, this isn't a human. But I just need something that moves fast and beats the shit out of me to break me until I beat it and go, all right, I've gotten over the hump. And I just start destroying it. I'm staying with one character. I was staying with Roy. I was just beating the fuck out of this thing. I was like, okay, I've gotten over that hump. Now let's go online now that I know how to chain things together. And I was just better. It's just yeah. something. Yeah, it's yeah. just something there. Mortal Kombat, I, I, the last one we were talking about this in mm-hmm. Injustice. Turn the difficulty up. To watch the fights at full, like four times the speed. And I would go back into the normal fights and be like, whoa, I am way better. Which yeah. is also a great feeling of that moment where you're just getting stomped and you're like, my body's made of handles. These fuckers are throwing me around everywhere. It's like dribbling <laughs> a basketball, right? And th- you're just like, am I ever going to get good? And then you come back and you're all, you're just better. Like, you're just tangibly better. There's mm-hmm. a really cool feeling of that. I right love on. that feeling. Yeah. Oh, man. We still got questions. Fat Ragnar asks, what if Cyberpunk <laughs> isn't good? <laughs> Do you think there will ever be a time when building a pre-built PC will be extremely streamlined? All right, so a fun fact about me, I use a pre-built, and I make, like, videos. I game a lot. It's a Razer cyber-powered PC. I I just know it's got a 980 Ti in it. It's got 16 gigs of RAM in it, uh, i7 quad-core. Like, it's a great PC, and it's it's never served me wrong. So there's nothing wrong with pre-built, and... I thought it was extremely easy to shop for. I just looked for the top of the line specs at the time, and I was like, "All right, this is it," and that was that was it. Um, do you? Am I missing something though? You're more of the tech oriented guy. Is, is that no? Not, I put like, together PC years for uh, PC. I've worked at a PC company where that's what we did, and I did. I've done four pre-built, and I also use Cyber Power. Okay, and um, it was incredibly easy, and it's the best PC I've ever had, even better than the ones I put together, just because. Putting it together back in the day meant something. Mm-hmm. You know, there was there was more to be taught. Now, I feel like most it's, it's really stream. Yeah, yeah. And you know, somebody one one time, one of my friends was like, "Well, it still taught me where to put the video card." And I'm like, "Okay, dude, you could open up the chassis and just look and go. That's where the video yeah. card is." Um, also, it's cheaper now. I piece the parts together, and because they were buying the Nvidia cards at wholesale at the company. Mm-hmm. The, the, I couldn't actually put it together and then add on, I think I said two hours of my own time, and it was still more expensive than buying from them. I've never been happier. They pre-burn them, that company you went with, and I, I didn't realize I did, Takedown did, about six of our Discord people did. They, It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It just shows up at your house, and there's no RMA parts, because I bought, I put together systems, bought a hard drive, brand new, doesn't work. But because you order it from them, they've tested it all. So it's like just... Comes it, took, to your house. it took a month to get to me, but when it did, it was good to go. Mine, mine took three days because I did the 
you know, mm. quick put it together. They had to I delay because like, right they away. didn't have a part or something. I remember. Oh, like, God, I remember oh. that. That was so fucking annoying. Oh my god. Oh yeah, that would be annoying. Yeah, that would. I remember that, that. I guess would be the one thing because um, that was when one computer was like on the way out and and it was on its last legs. You're like, just live, and you're like, all right, next week is it? And they're like, they call me. Yeah, this is delayed for two weeks. But we're still working on getting a part for your PC. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, I've never been happier, dude. I yeah. mean, I, I, I legit probably will. I'll probably put some parts in it, but I don't know if I'll ever put my own together again. I don't get any mm-hmm. satisfaction from. And as for if Cyberpunk won't be good, it's it's going to be good. I'm not. Con- <laughs> I'm not concerned. Sorry, sorry if that's a ignorant answer. But uh, uh, are you concerned at all? Do you think it's not going to be good? No, I'm not concerned. Nor am I. What's the opposite of concerned? Um, hopeful. I'm just, yeah. When it comes, I mean, I'm it, when pretty it much comes, there. It comes. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, pretty much there. Not in the terms of like excitement. Like I'm looking forward to it definitely, but it, it's not like holy hype. You know, it's right. just like all right. I, in I fact, think it's you and I have made that mistake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spider Man. We Spider-Man. have learned. Spider Man. <laughs> it's gonna have co-op, and I don't know what I was doing. Oh, I went back and listened to that again. <laughs> <laughs> What is your favorite Old Republic storyline, if you're familiar with them? Carrot got me thinking about this with our discussion today. Says No Neil, no Neil or N O'Neill, probably, 1992. I know mine, but I don't remember the character's name, but the Selkath. Um, mm. uh, on the, Minan's my favorite level of all time. I've done multiple videos on it. Absolutely love that level. And uh, the, you know, the slavery, the child stuff that goes yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, fucked it, up. It's riveting riveting and i'll probably never forget like the overall feeling i got from that mission yeah favorite storyline kotor holy shit uh right now my head goes straight to oh my god it's like i'm I'm torn i like Karth's storyline a lot despite how annoying he is early game but it makes sense like he's just a sensitive guy and it makes sense. It's very fucking human. Like, that person that you know has been through some shit, and you're, like, trying to help him, but, like, Karth just keeps fucking lashing out, and you're like, dude, I can only take so much. Will you shut the right. fuck up? Like, right. you know, it's one of those things. So, I really like his. Um, I, I'd say there's some stuff that happens on the final planet based on your playthrough initially. One or two. group. First one. First okay, one. I know what you're when talking you, about. Yeah, like some stuff happens based off choices and how yep. you've led your life, so to speak, that really can like shake you up and go, oh my God, this this is, things are falling apart right now, uh, yeah. which I, I love. Um, let me think, what else? Atten storyline, for sure. I don't really, I can't, I can't pick a favorite. I cannot. There's no shot I can pick like an absolute it's, like this is my favorite. It's funny because I'm not thinking the main NPCs at all. I'm, I keep thinking of side stuff like the Selkath, but mm-hmm. the one I liked was when you dress as the uh, Desert Raider mm-hmm. in Tatooine, and there was something. Was cool. Oh, it was yeah, and I don't like Tatooine as a location to be honest. I, I find it one of the more boring locations in that well, yeah, game. You just go out to open sand. It's just you, you yeah, find and one guy just... trapped with like forty droids. Yeah, yeah, that was oh with yeah. the wife. He yeah. cheated on his wife. That yeah. was so good. <laughs> that was so good. She set him up. That's that's a good storyline right there. Yeah. That, that was fun. That was fun. But yeah, you see the one guy and you're like, I know that's a bad guy, right? Because it's mm-hmm. desert. You you don't get lost. Um, 
but I like dressing up as the Desert Raider, and um, then kill, if you want, you can kill them all. Mm-hmm. You can go to that desert play uh, to the uh, Desert Raiders home, um, like home base, and decide do you want to go evil and just slaughter them all, or do you want to try to you know figure it out a way around it? I really thought that. Yeah, I really thought that was well done. Damn um, All right, I got I got to pick a favorite. I mean, one of my favorite encounters. I can say my hands down favorite encounter was in Kotor Two. Um, even even when I was younger, but it was for like a different reason when I was younger. But there's a part where you're on Narshada and you go into the slums, and there's a guy just sitting on the ground. And I go and talk to him, and he's like, "I'm sick. I'm really sick." And you can choose to heal him and be a good guy, or you can literally convince him to kill himself. To kill himself. And you're like, that's so fucking wrong like that's actually like really messed up and like what's even more twisted is that the way they deliver it in the writing is more like you should do this because it's better for you yeah it's better for them don't don't suffer do it's like this is horrible and that was one of my favorite encounters because it's just it's it's completely off to the side it's very easy to miss and it was just like i said it was very twisted inhumane uh, but it, but it also sh- just shined a light on how you can really get into your character. Like, do you just want to be like a fucking ruthless Sith, like anyone who's weak should die, kind of thing? Uh, and they they give that opportunity. But storylines. What about saving the Wookies again uh, from slavery? I was just thinking. I thought that. that was that was a good one. I was just thinking of that. Yeah, I mean, each one's so so good. Um, I thought. I thought in, hmm, there was something, oh, let's hear it. Dude, dude, what about uh, fucking, which one is it where you become the lawyer? That's Manan, so that must be number yeah, one. Yeah, Manan, yeah. That when you try to defend the guy cheating with the Sith, or you th- you think he might be sleeping mm-hmm. with the Sith, I thought that was really well done because you can discover, like, what's really happened versus what you're going to pretend happened so that right. you can get him out of jail, I thought that was really well done. That was like classic Bioware at the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that planet had so much crazy shit going on. Oh, like dude. they had they had obviously the choice at the end, which was really messed up. They also it could have been really messed up. Really, you weren't winning either way. Uh, You're pissing someone off. Um, they had the moment where you had to use the truth serum to like drug a guy to tell mm-hmm. you the truth to get inside to um, like through an interrogation or something. And and if you did too much, you'd, you'd fuck up and you'd have to like find another way in. Uh, which could get you in trouble. So I thought that type of careful delivery was really good. Uh, yeah, yeah, man, I might I might have to piggyback you and just say the entirety of Manon was just A+. plus. Like, it is the best planet. It is so it is. good. Because the music contrasts everything that's happening, and it, it's like this civil war ongoing, and they're trying, you know, the Cellcath are trying to remain peaceful, and then you go in the underwater base, you're like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Right. And not only that, but like, it's this serene area. So first you see the water and everything looks serene and you're like, oh, you're walking out towards the docks. Mm -hmm. And then you start realizing like, there's the bullies over in the corner and all, and then you start realizing the undercurrent of what's going on Mm -hmm. through that entire city and and through that entire planet. And it's, it's a step above what's already good because the others are already good. It's just, it's it's an inspiring creation. Like you play and you just want to work on games almost. Yeah. Oh, dude, for sure. Yeah, that's a great, just a great spot. Multiple amazing. Isn't that also where you shock the dude? 
mm-hmm. in the prison where you because mm-hmm. it, it was that the same interrogation. I think you could do as that the there, true serum. Yeah, you could shock him. Yeah, you could. I think you can inject him with true serum. I think you could like, hit him. Like, yeah, you could just do crazy <laughs> shit. I mean, mind you, ladies and gentlemen, not all of this is animated. Like, you're looking at a text box box, and you just like pick an option from there. Yeah, I might I might piggyback on you and, and just say Manon. If we're doing characters, though, I think Atten's character arc is is Mine really too. good. Kreia is really. I mean, there's not like a bad character in Kotor. Uh, maybe like T three M four. You know, just because he's a little droid that's supposed to be R two D two following you around, but even he yeah. serves a fucking purpose. It's like there's no holes. Yeah, no. Jolie's just not, a pissed yeah. off old guy. You know, the grandpa of the group. It's great stuff. All right, last question. Comes from Big Boss and Friends. What are the worst vehicle controls you've experienced in any game? I think I've got my answer already. A game I adore, too. Go ahead. Sleeping Go ahead. Dogs. That's oh. that, it, it controlled yeah. well at first, but the camera is so fucking bad. And and it's it's so weird because the people who work on Need for Speed came over and helped make were, were a big part of the studio who made sleeping dogs so you thought like driving would be it and there was like racing in the game too and it, it played a little bit like a need for speed game but but there were times man where it just controlled like crap and most importantly was the camera the camera was kind of like rage 2 which i also had an issue with their camera in sleeping dogs you could also do the couldn't could you leap out and get on the roof or something or could you sli- slam into people like a side slam and sleeping was that sleeping dogs side slamming was in rage too i know that you you'd press yeah no i know it's in rage too i'm trying yeah. to think i i just remember sleep because sleeping dogs is the martial arts one right yes yes i think that when you had some ability to do some weird maneuver but i don't remember the controls being very good hmm. in that one um i don't have an answer i mean rage twos are definitely uh i don't think their controls are actually super bad i think that driving is just not that fun for me personally um, but I'm trying to think of one that like had bad horse controls have happened. If we're not, and you know what, if we're not talking about, yeah, it doesn't have to be cars. Yeah, um, vehicles go for it. I liked gun. It was an old Western game. Chris mm-hmm. Christopherson, that was like um, Thomas six dude. Yeah. Here I am showing my age. Uh, Thomas <laughs> Jane, who was, who was the original punisher and by, by all means, the only punisher come at me will argue. Um, <laughs> That game I liked a lot, but I remember the horse being a biatch. Wait, hold on. 13 years ago, I was 10. How old were you? 26. Holy 20, crap. 26. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm just like a little kid walking around shit in his pants and... And, 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 I'm, and I'm, already, I'm already got a huge beard and looked exactly the same. Um <laughs> Yeah, man, that that would I would say horse via uh, horse and Witcher three. I'm just gonna put it out there. I don't think Witcher three's controls for the horse is very good, regardless yeah. of all the other stuff I like about that game. I would never say that Roach controls the best. You know. Yeah, I feel like a I, lot of the controls would boil down to horses feeling more cumbersome. Red Dead trying to steer and like tapping the A button. Oh yeah, the original. No, I was talking about the most recent one. Oh, okay. I didn't I, have as many problems with this one as I did the first one. I did. I don't. I just don't like the the moving the stick while tapping. It's like rubbing your stomach mm-hmm. and tapping your head, except on a fucking right. controller. It's like what the yeah. fuck is? No, this? I get you. I get you. So I think it. I think it probably does come down to animal controls in games more than a car for me. Most likely, it was some steed mm-hmm. that I didn't like versus a car. Yeah, for sure. 
What about GTAs? Have you always been okay with the GTA? Because I didn't like fours at all. Nico, I didn't like. I was not general, a fan so... of. Yeah. Well. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But GTA, I, 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 it felt the cars felt very light in GTA Five. I'll say I played that one a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember like getting a sports car when you drift. It was like you were fucking paper blowing in the wind. Yeah. True. And true. I just I felt like you were never grounded in a vehicle, no matter what you were driving. So. I wouldn't say I controlled that. It just felt floaty. I think four, or sorry, five, where you and I both felt it was it was pretty loose. I think that was in direct contrast to fours, which was heavy. And four right. had like a lot of car lean. So in, normally when you go around a car like this, it leans to the outside. And they really mimic that a lot in four. And it never felt right. It felt too car-like. I know that sounds weird, but like it was well, a little yeah, too a realistic. Game, so you wanted yeah. To... yeah, it never felt like you could throw it around. Interesting. All right. Well, that so, is... I did not know you didn't like 4. No, no. It just didn't click with me. Not a bad game. It's kind of where I sit on Sekiro. Just 4 did not click with me. Too dark, do you think? No. The Nico and the not fun. What do you mean too dark? Like too... The story sad? was really dark. And to the setting, it just, it, it didn't have the GTA humor no, that I, 5 does. I like dark. I like dark storytelling. Okay. I you know, dang it, Rampa. I'm gonna go back to that. Very dark series. Very dark. So But what was it about four then? Do you know? I thought I remember okay, last time I played I was thirteen, I wanna say. Jesus Christ. Yeah, a while ago. So a decade ago. I didn't like the mission structure. I play I played for I wanna say I gave it about like eight hours of my time. Mm-hmm. Which I'd say was a fair shake even back then where I probably had no clue what I was doing. But I didn't like the mission structure of like, and even GTA 5 did this and I knocked it for that too, which is, you know, go and do this monotonous thing and call it a mission. Like go bowling and it's a mission, right? I know that's such like, it's a meme now. Like people are going like, hey, Nico, cousin Nico, you want to go bowling? And, you know, it it just, the, the constant phone calls, I couldn't get involved in the world, I feel, if, I, if I'm reminiscing properly. Um, the characters didn't grab me. And I feel like this is a title that's a product of, like, it's mid to end game. That's apparently, like, really good. But it's very sluggish to start. That's for sure. I, I mean, because yeah. Noah, who used to be a host here, it's one of his favorite games ever. And, like, he told me pretty much every major event. I don't remember now, but he told me pretty much every major event in that game. And it sounded good. That's why I tried it, because he's a Rockstar fan. Like, he loves Rockstar. Um, and, and I just, it, it didn't have those big moments early on that I thought were enjoyable. It reminded yeah, me of, that's fair. of the slower JRPGs nowadays, where people are like, I can't get into it. It's four hours and nothing's happened yet. And like that's how I viewed, uh, back then, even when I didn't like JRPGs as much, back then, that's how I viewed GTA 4. I'm like, I, I'm fucking doing nothing. I'm, I'm doing laundry runs for people or some shit. Not yeah, really, no, but... that's that's completely fair. I think, th- you know, the reason why people like it is because of why you don't like it. And I would agree. I, I get feel that. the same way. I get like that. some people love the bowling and and I would like it as not as a mission. But when you're when a mission is a date or whatever, it just it becomes monotonous. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree. I, 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 it wasn't for me. Yeah, as, I remember as much. like you were taking girls on dates or something yeah Yeah, you could take him to the bowling alley and i was like i'm bowling for the first like three hours of this game and uh i mean i might my my memory may be spotty but yeah i just don't i don't i did not like it i did not like it 
And I think that clearly GTA five offered something I was looking for that wasn't in four. Whatever that Yeah, made. same. Exact same. Exact was, same for me. It was a good game. And plus that was in a time where where like GTA online was actually kinda unique. Fun. Nowadays like open world sandbox all online shit. But to see like GTA, a big open world rock star game go into the online space, like that was awesome. And remember back in the day, everything was shared. It's not that way anymore. Mm-hmm. But when the game first came out, like like you could all jump in. You could do private lobbies, which you can't right. even do now, from right. what I understand. But there was crazy. So you could just get some friends and just drive cars and do jumps for hours without anybody griefing you, without any mm-hmm. issues. It, yeah, yeah, it was good, good times when that first came out. Yes, indeed. So that will conclude our show. All topics accounted for, ladies and gentlemen. We'd like to thank you for your time. If you've listened to the end, thank you so much. Carrick, any final words? No. All right. Most excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed episode 203 of the Ham Radio podcast. As always, you can find us on... Uh, all your your standard listening services for the podcast. Um, if you want to support the Patreons, both of ours will be linked in the description down below. And we will catch you guys next week. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs>